You're listening to the Welcome to the Rebellion podcast. Hey, Jay, are you ready? Because it's time to start the show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another live recording of the Welcome to the Rebellion podcast. It's been a little while. It's been a little while. It's been about almost three weeks since we did a podcast. And if you haven't followed us on Spotify or iTunes or wherever, we do have podcasts that we don't live record. So there's some stuff over there as well. It's been a uh, it's been a crazy couple of weeks. So I'm glad to be back at it. We have a lot of uh, cool stuff coming up for you. And I'm very excited to have a guest. Like today, it's like it's going to be like uh, two friends just like haven't seen each other in a while. Just talking life. <laughs> and stuff like that so i hope i hope you guys hope you guys enjoy it before i begin if you want to watch this podcast live make sure you check out the drunk 3po channel we are on every every avenue now to listen to podcasts i got all that stuff completed also head on over to geeksandgamers.com for all your latest pop culture and crazy news they have a lot of articles channels and videos and everything even forums that you could be a part of to talk about some of your favorite pop culture news and also check out nine line apparel we just had another run nine If you use the code drunk 3po you, you get 20 percent off everything and everything in the store and just want to thank everybody because we had such a such an amazing run this last one as well so but before we get into any of that i want to welcome my guest you guys have seen him on Tuesday night's main event over at Geeks and Gamers. You've seen him on the Mario Kart streams yelling at everyone. People were like, who is this guy? How did he just show up? Where did he come from? Why is Jeremy putting people uh, on the team from Geeks and Gamers like that? Um, he goes by the name of Epic Mike on Twitter and everything else. So, my good friend. What's up, Epic Mike? What's going on, buddy? <laughs> He like praying before the show started. Yeah, I uh, it's my opening. I always it's a it's a thank you because I'm humbled anytime I get to be doing anything. So yeah, man, humbled. Yeah, it's it's humbling. I don't you know I I, I constantly get yelled at for saying I'm a nobody because I'm not a nobody in like my life, but you know I'm rolling with people that know people and people with big channels like you and people that know you know outselling the undertaker and everybody in geeks and gamers it's just it's just humbling man i don't know it's crazy well don't be too humbled man enjoy yourself yeah have some fun and um i got a new channel member (laughs) usually i don't do this i usually do this on my live streams but we're gonna have some fun today. Usually, every yeah. time we have a channel member, we we'll play a little, play a little song and dance for you, gaming or what? Thank you. That's <laughs> for our new members. That's awesome. And the Wicked Virtue, thank you so much for the super sticker. Appreciate, appreciate all you guys being here. I see everyone in the chat. Uh, it's awesome. It's awesome to see you guys here supporting yeah. Mike. Also. The uh, if you're a mod and you're hanging out with us, you don't mind dropping Epic Mike's Twitch channel. It's in the top of the description below. You can uh, you can hang out as well. 
um over there on his twitch channel you having fun over there right just started a twitch channel yeah dude i'm having a blast actually i was not looking forward to doing a twitch channel at first um i had no idea what i was doing um little little confession time literally my first stream i had disparu and lethal lightning backstage with me and it was 10 minutes before the stream started here listen i got some of this stuff set up but i don't know what i'm doing and they're like what do you mean i was like I don't know what I'm doing. So they literally walked me through how to set up my Twitch stream. And we went live. Like Are you were live or before you were live? Just before we were live. Like 10 oh. minutes before I was supposed to go live too. I was like, uh, I, I don't know. And they were like, all right, man, we'll walk you through it. It's all good. So that's, it's kind of uh, crazy, man. Orsborg in the chat for $2 says, I know how you feel, Mike. Hanging with Titans. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. Come on now. Listen. I have a Twitch channel and I don't even know what I'm doing. I haven't changed my emojis. I haven't changed. I I let Krista Nova, who's also part of Geeks and Gamers, I gave her my password. I was like, help a brother out, you know. <laughs> uh, and and I haven't changed it since. And it and I don't even know why people uh, enjoy, but they just they just people are looking. I I think we live in a time where people are looking for a place they can just hang out with other people and just be themselves, you know. And and yeah. And just sit back and be like, these are my people. These are my people. They're not yeah. the best gamers in the world. They're not the best looking people in the world. They're not the best this. Well, but, see, uh, I mean, I can hang out. Maybe I'm not, but I mean, come see, on. See, there he <laughs> We there all he know. Is. I've heard him all time. We all talk about it. We're just like, Jay's a snack, man. He's just living his life. I don't know. You know? Well, it depends. It, 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 it depends on. Uh, what what you find beautiful? Uh, Chris for two dollars <laughs> is the two bad Mario Kart drivers on the same stream. You see what I'm saying? That's yeah. what I'm talking about. It's just two people just sitting back, just hanging out. Two um, terrible drivers just chilling. <laughs> <laughs> we both got wins. If you it only takes one win to know that you can't keep you can keep winning. So ah, uh, that's that's true. But getting back to that, um, being part of geeks and gamers, yeah, man, like that. Like why why do you think that's so important? And and like so many people just so many people just want to come and hang out with us. Yeah. When we're doing when we're doing whatever we call what we're doing, you know, yeah. like what are we doing? doing. Why do you think so many people just want to hang out? Um, you know, man, I, I've been with Geeks and Gamers since it was just a Facebook group. And that was when Facebook was still kind of popping. Um, I think it's just it's just nice to know that you're not alone like being a nerd didn't really start getting really popular till i don't know about 10 years ago so you know being in the superheroes being in the comic books being in the video games and stuff was all kind of stigmatized by like like you know once you become an adult that's not cool anymore but to have somebody like jeremy you know being like hey man no this is a place where you guys get to come hang out and Dude, I had some great conversations on the Facebook group and fun arguments. I mean, dude, I used to argue with Jeremy all the time about Batman versus Superman and stuff. It was just a good time. And I think people are looking to, you know, it's hard enough to find friends like in person that are into the same things that you are and have the time. But to be able to go somewhere and know that there's always somebody active, always somebody there ready to talk to you about whatever you're thinking about, even if they don't know necessarily what you're talking about you you know people that are willing to learn about it or oh man that's a cool hobby how did you get into that and stuff it was always like i think that that's just, it's rare but you know that's the beauty of social media if you ignore the nightmare of it too 
is yeah. there's always somebody there that knows what you're talking about that wants to share it wants to talk about it wants to you know get into it so i think yeah. that's uh I, I think that's bigger than what people realize yeah. is to find to find that like you said i necessarily call it a safe space but just find a community of people that that like the things that you like that you could discuss the things whether you agree or disagree on whatever Star Wars and and Marvel and things like that, and yeah. and at the end of the day, you know, go have a beer together when you're all done uh, disagreeing on on stuff like that. I mean, we see it all the time on like the live streams and stuff over there. Uh, people can get into heated debates, but then it's like it's over in like five minutes because we really just sit back. We're really just talking about movies, you know, yeah. and like pop culture. And at the end of the day, there's there's bigger issues in the world than. Um, you know whether or not Luke Skywalker is better than Anakin Skywalker. Um, yeah, those type yep. of debates. Who's the best droid in Star Wars? Who's the best? Who's better, Superman or Batman? And I could trigger everyone right now because people know I don't like Batman. Uh, uh-huh. uh-uh, I'm a Superman person. Like I think I'll Superman just, is. I'll just hide my shirt. You know, I'll hide. <laughs> you know, just, we'll I don't hate the guy. Down. We'll just take this down. We'll just no. I I got you. Listen, I I do not think. You are as I don't think that's as controversial as some people would make it out to be. Batman's pretty popular, but he's like really mainstream popular. I know some hardcore comic fans that don't like Batman, and I know people that aren't hardcore fans that don't like him either, but they always feel like, oh, I'm alone in that now. I know a lot of people that don't like him. I have some I have a unique perspective on Batman. I like him for what he is, but I don't like it when people make him something he's not. So yeah. like him for i mean that's but that's how it is with most characters and that's the beauty of the type of groups that we're in is when you find a particular character that you really enjoy you tend yeah. like the imagination of what that character is supposed to portray kind of like on the big screen or anywhere else you know you kind of see it and if you don't see it the way you really want to see it it's kind of like man really yeah. uh is that is that what's happening here and it's amazing how they could just make uh, certain different interpretations of a character that you love and just go, man, that's a big pile of trash that you, just, yeah. <laughs> that you yeah. put out there. <laughs> that's a that's a big pile of trash. Uh, yeah. Or you could just say this is exactly how I thought um, this was supposed to be portrayed. Real quick, I have a couple of super chats for both of us, actually. Ken Lipson for five says, Epic Mike, Mario Kart was not the same. No Epic Mike, and then Jeremy kicked Jay Hailstorm. I was triggered. If you don't know what we're talking about, because you're listening on wherever on Sunday nights, me and the Geeks and Gamers, all of us at Geeks and Gamers, we play Mario Kart live on the main Geeks and Gamers channel. And it gets a little, well, I don't know what you would call that. A little <laughs> heated? Uh, yeah. Competitive? Safe word. <laughs> competitive might be the word. Maybe. Yeah. Orsboard for two dollars. Let's game soon, Mike. Been digging your streams. I appreciate that, man. Uh, yeah. Ors is awesome. You should get with him. He's a good dude. Yeah. I, I play Fortnite with him from time to time when I can. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. You know, Chris for $5. Appreciate you too. Love the Tuesday streams. Yeah. Love the Tuesday streams. Okay. I we, I like him too, but I, I, get made, I get turned into too many memes all the time <laughs> on, those, on those streams, you know. You, uh, you know why? It's because you're chill. Chill people always get called. They always get memed. Look at Jay Hailstorm. He doesn't talk, and it doesn't matter because he's all, you know, he gets memed all the time. He doesn't talk, you know. 
Is this because you're laid back, you're just chill, and everybody's like, I'm going to pick that guy. It's actually because I'm, like, really tired. Like, usually I've had, like, a long day. Tuesday starts late, and then it goes until, like, 2 a.m., and by the time you get there, uh, they start asking you, like, the deep questions. It's like, (laughs) I've, like, had enough. My man D all the way from Australia with a $20 super sticker. Thank you so much. Just waving a flag saying you're number one. Uh, you're number one. I see some of the geeks and gamers in the chat. I see you guys. Yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. uh yeah, they're making fun of us. Uh, well, yeah, this group got mad at it's me. What they're my... supposed to do. Yeah. Uh it's that exactly man. what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, on the... so the first time I knew of you, Mr. Epic Mike, was through a YouTuber by the name of Josiah Rises, who could literally yeah. make a video about someone's Twitter post and get a million views. Yep. Um, it's really disgusting that he's able to do that. Yes. Um, I, it makes me heated sometimes. So uh-huh. I, I unsub from his channel. Uh, not really. But <laughs> you guys used I'm... to run. You guys used to do a, a a channel that actually I really, really live called the Epic Man. Is that correct? Yes. The Epic, Epic Man, Man channel. Yeah, now, yeah. the Epic Man, if you didn't know, was uh, I don't know what you call it, like a variety show. You guys did like a variety. It was something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So there was one video that you're going to have to explain. You're going to have to explain because I bring it up all the time. And and I was a little shocked. It it was the one where you actually, and for those people that are in Australia listening, uh, I apologize. It was the one episode where I don't know if Josiah forced you or he made you, but you had to eat a kangaroo. And what, what? explain like the video doesn't really explain why you're eating a kangaroo per se no you're just kind of like eating it and giving your opinion uh first of all where the heck did you guys get kangaroo meat number one yeah where Um, did that happen like i don't go down to my grocery store and say yeah i'll take a slab of kangaroo foot all right maybe a pouch i can boil you know with some rice later uh you know i i don't that it just that doesn't uh yeah, no, I it's a legitimate question because here's the thing. So literally, there's there's a gas station around the corner from my house right now. It's not even it's five minutes away from my house. I can go there, I can get alligator jerky, I can get bison jerky, I can get emu, ostrich. There's like a bunch of the different jerkies. I don't know where they get it, but Josiah one day we were after we we're doing some videos, he goes, Bro, I got an idea. And I was like, Okay, and he goes. What do you think about trying some like really weird meats? And I was like, I don't know. You know what, Jeremy? That's unnecessary. Jeremy shows up in the chat. The president, boss, CEO (laughs) of Geeks and Gamers. He knows we were talking about. uh, This is like a Geeks and Gamers thing. I like Mike sometimes. Sometimes. Problem is his grammar's bad. He used four dots instead of three. Uh, You're only supposed to use three dots when you make that kind of statement, sir. Uh, But yeah, he's in charge. So yeah, yeah. Well, he's there not in charge you of your channel, so he has no Wait, power. Listen, yet. you have to back this up for me just a second, okay? Yeah. When I go to the gas station to get food, all right? <laughs> yeah. You're talking like Tostitos, um, hot dogs that have been there for a little yep. while. Yeah. All right, maybe something with cheese in it. I don't know what it's called. They have like a mystery section. Yep. All right. We're not talking Bucky's or any place like that. We're talking like, you know, the normal gas station and you just go in and and that kind of stuff is there. You're telling me you go to your gas station and you can get kangaroo and emu? Yeah. 
straight up alligator there's a restaurant another just like a literally restaurant 10 minutes away from me i can go eat alligator anytime i want it's like one of their favorite things there we have it, alligator here so i can't yeah. i can't which can't that makes sense because you live in florida we don't have alligators that live here it's too cold i don't know where they get the alligator meat from either but yeah josiah was like he go one day I, I i get to his house and we're like hey man we're gonna shoot the new video let's check this out and he just throws all these meats on the table and i'm like bro what and he's like yeah we're gonna try these man it's it's gonna be a good time um it was decidedly not a good time <laughs> it's gonna be a good time throwing weird and strange meat on the table all right yeah man that kangaroo was not good apparently it's good if you eat it in the right way but i think any meat's good if you cook it the right way i guess but that that yeah that was the kangaroo was not good Jake what does it not. taste like i've never had it it was really gamey um, I mean, and this, all of this was made in jerky so that it didn't go bad when it gets shipped and stuff, but it was really gamey and chewy and like it, it, the flavor was like, it was almost kind of stale tasting, but that wasn't the, it's, that's how it just tastes apparently when you make jerky out of it. It was not a good time. And then Josiah's like, Hey man, we ate a kangaroo. And I'm like, bro, you know, people are going to have questions. He goes, I know that's what I love about it. And he just walked away. The Australians yeah. in the chat are like with kangaroo, you have to cook it the right way. Yep. That's oh. that's what I got yelled at. I got yelled at by Lyndon and by Lethal. They're like, "Yo, you didn't eat it right. You can't eat it like jerky. You just gotta you gotta eat it the correct way." I'm like, "That's still I don't want to eat one, but I did." What so. else did you eat? Other than we ate uh, ostrich. Um, that was I, pretty gross. Like a like a chicken wing from an ostrich? It, or? No, it was like it was like jerky. It was all jerky. Oh, <laughs> there was ostrich jerky. We ate camel. I was really, I was really upset about the camel because I was really hoping camel's gonna taste good. Camel is like super fatty, and even, even as jerky, it's super fatty and chewy, and it just doesn't taste good. I was really upset about the camel. If you guys go watch that video, you, the the anger I had about the camel was real. I was very upset. Um, yeah, it was not a good time. I, I would not recommend eating that stuff. I didn't get know sick? that people ate camel. No, no, I didn't get sick. It was gross, but I'm also a super picky eater. Um, so the fact that I even stepped out of my, that was like way out of my comfort zone, trying all that kind of stuff. I mean, I like, I eat meats and stuff a lot. I mean, I'm mostly like a carnivore and even that was a little too far. Eating an ostrich was weird. I was like, ah, oh, man, or a camel. I just think, I think, so when I was in, when I was in Africa and I, I'll get to the super chats in just a second, everyone. When I was in Africa, we were in Kenya and they had this restaurant called carnivore and it was like a, it was like a buffet where you go in and they had all kinds of stuff that you could try and um it wasn't like we're working out in the field you know like we're working out and and then finally like near the last <laughs> the last few days they're like you guys are in for a real treat okay and i was like really they're like we're gonna go to this specialty restaurant in the city um, and you're going to try all kinds of stuff. So we went to this place called Carnivore in Kenya, Africa. And in there, they had um, everything. Giraffe neck, wildebeest, crocodile. And oh. none of it was good. I could not. They, <laughs> they, they had this. So, like, they had all the stuff you could get. They had all the gaming, like, animals that you could try. Yeah. And it was like, so you had to try it just because I'm like, well, I've never had it before. So they had, I mean, just name it. Anything that you could see in Africa, they had it on there. 
They had wow. it on there from Giraffe Neck to Simba and Pumbaa. Like all them state, they had all that stuff there. <laughs> and it was all the Americans, you know, we were there and everyone's like, did you try like the Giraffe Neck? Yeah, don't get it. It's <laughs> terrible. You see like the rest of the people just, just chowing down with hot sauce and, yeah. um, you know, putting all kinds of stuff on it. But then near the end of the buffet, they brought out like mashed potatoes and that's all we ever ate. Like the whole time, like the people that we were there, that took us they're like you're not eating what you're not you're not having hippopotamus like what's wrong oh, with you hard. it's a delicacy here and it's like i like mashed potatoes yeah mashed potatoes are good <laughs> yeah yeah it's i feel okay. that that's really funny yeah man, this stuff okay. is i'm super picky so i don't blame you for that one that's that's a little much you know draft no i was it oh man like i could go on and on like um in in kenya like uh, Fanta orange is like huge there. Hmm. Like freaking Fanta. Fanta orange soda in Kenya is like the drink of all. Like, if you're drinking a Fanta orange, that means you're like high class. Like, it's really? the drink of all drink. Yeah. Wow. So we, <laughs> we were out, we're out in this place in the middle of nowhere. And someone comes across, they go, Yeah, we found some, we found like a hidden treasure out here. We found like a treasure. We're out in Kenya, right in Africa, and we're like, "Oh, what is it?" They found like Fanta grape, and we brought it to the village that we were working on, and everyone was like, "Fanta grape!" Like they freaked out. They're like, wow. "I never knew such a thing existed." It was it was quite a moment. Wow, that's actually uh, really cool. Wow. Yeah, but it's all <laughs> it's all worn. There's no ice out there. So. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, but you had to you had to drink it. You had to drink it warm. That's but so on good. that, also on that channel, I, I don't want to do most of the talking, but this is about you. It's about oh, you, my good, friend. Man. But I'll, also on that channel, um, you ate a giant gummy worm that yeah. was like what fifty pounds? Oh uh, yeah, the, the the gummy snake thing. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot. That gummy snake was all that. That thing was nasty, actually. Um, because it's not like tired of but, stuff. Did you get tired of Josiah showing up and like yes. saying a hundred percent? I'd be like, like, bro, this is gross. <laughs> I was like, bro. Well, because he didn't tell me he had the gum. We ate, we were gonna eat a gummy, giant gummy worm. I was like five pounds or something. And we're like, okay. And then he goes, get that out of here. And he throws the gummy snake down. And it's in like a straight up like giant Ziploc bag. Like yeah. even in the video, the size does not do it justice. It's huge. And it's not like regular sugary stuff. It's like processed, like the gummy was like hard, like. You could stab it with a knife and it wouldn't go all the way through it. It That's was like, gross. yeah, it was like ballistic gel. I was like, this is nasty. Like, yeah, we tried a couple bites of it. It was gross. And it's, it like dissolved in your mouth when you ate it. It, it was, it was foul. Josiah loved it because he was filming most of it. So he didn't looks really like have a guy that would eat gummy, a giant gummy worm. Yeah. I'm just saying he, yeah. he looks like, well, that, that, that gummy worm got, that gummy snake got eaten and it wasn't me that did it. So yeah. Yeah, that, that thing would just listen. It's sticky going in. It's gonna be sticky coming out. That's the way yeah. I see it. So I'm like, I don't, I don't touch stuff like that. Nah, uh, it's, nope. as, as far as I can help it. As yeah. far as I can help it, <laughs> you know, straight up just... not a good time. <laughs> yeah. Have you had a good time with all this? Like, what is that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the the videos are fun to make once they're done. I, I mean, you know, it, it and. The experiences were fun. I, you know, I can't get, you know, I can't, I won't knock the new experiences because Josiah 
comes up with some really weird ideas. Um, and we we talk about these ideas and stuff like that. But some of them, he didn't tell us what was going on until it happened. And yeah, man, like the Oreo videos were fun. The hot sauce video was fun. But then like sometimes he would just be like, bro, I'm not going to tell you what's going on until like the day of. Like when we did our pickle video where we ate all the pickle food. And that pickle food was terrible. It was awful. There was like the the best thing on it was the pickle. There was pickle soda. There was pickle cotton candy, and it wasn't sweet. It was just it just tasted like pickle. Oh, it was gross. It was foul. I yeah. But after the fact, you're like that was kind of fun. Okay, like you know, I didn't. Yeah, I wouldn't do it again. But yeah, yeah. Know. Like after a while, I think I think uh, you know. You can't keep that kind of stuff. You can't keep that kind of stuff going. No. I see a lot of bear stuff in the chat. Thank you so much. I see people calling uh, Mike Toad and the Canadian Bear Stream. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, people criticizing me for eating candy corn. I see it. Y'all bring it on. Um, I eat bring candy it on. Corn. Bring it on. Candy corn's good. I don't. Thank you. That. Finally, yeah. it's the no, big debate I'm... in the world today. Yeah. You know. See, it, back in the what... day, back in the day, we all ate candy corn. It was the the peanuts that nobody liked the circus peanuts like you ever had that yeah that's not for me yeah no i didn't like that that was the debate back in the day now it's the candy corn i'm like candy corn's good i rock candy corn thank you, know? you. yeah man uh you know? sarah says she's never had candy corn uh you're, that's a, you're that's a shame yeah you're missing yeah. out yeah you really uh are. jane theory says candy corn is trash uh, that's because she has bad taste yeah so mm -hmm. that's all that's all yeah. that's all we have to, that's all we have to say. We're going to talk about the ins and outs of geeks and gamers coming up. So you might want to stick around and listen. Uh we've got some really juicy stories about Jeremy. I hope he's still watching and he's squirming. Yeah, I'm going to tell uh, him on how he is. Uh Thomas for 5 says Mike is a real one. Dude brings hella chill vibes, brings the B-dub wings to the party involved and has got plenty of energy to lay both the law and the pipe down. Wow. Lay the well, pipe you. down, Mike. You lay the pipe uh, down. Apparently, if somebody thinks I laid the pipe down, I guess I guess that's a thing. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't. Be, I just don't go around just laying the pipe everywhere either. I mean, you know. <laughs> what, what do you mean? <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever said that about me, Jay. You laid the pipe down. I was like, wow. No? Uh, Chris Grant for two says, check out Wild Fork in Winter Park, Florida. All right, we'll oh. do, Chris. We'll do. We'll do. Yeah. Uh, Jane Theory sent a super sticker. She is still a good supporter, even though she doesn't like candy corn. And the Outcast created for two says, check Insta Rebellion Hats at the Outcast Day. Oh, thank you, man. We'll do. Nice. We'll do. I will get to that. And my goodness, Seth for $50 says candy corn is good. Look at that, everyone. Look at that. Look at that. People are like $50 for a false statement. Wow. Uh, <laughs> No, that ain't right. Wow. Man, maybe you guys got to come to Florida and try it. That's it. Yeah. Maybe you're just not getting the right candy corn, you know? <laughs> Listen, I try to stay quiet about this candy corn stuff till October. And I'm, I'm like, I'll talk about it for 31 days in October. Once that's done, I'm done. People tag me and stuff and whatever. And I'm just like, nah, I'm, 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 I'm done with it. You know? I'm, yeah. Hey, propaganda. Apparently this with, is paper. Go ahead. You've been with Geeks and Gamers for a long time. And yeah. to see it go from just a simple Facebook group, you know, to where it is today, you know, like how like 
how are your thoughts on that? Was it when you first started seeing this thing going, where you just like nothing can stop this because it's people speaking truth and not caring like what would happen? Because this is every now and then I have to take a Twitter break, right? Like I'm actually yeah. doing one right now where it's just like I just kind of took it off my phone and I just need a Twitter break because you get to that point where if you get to a point on Twitter where it's just like a constant cesspool of negativity, hatred, things yeah. like that. And, um, you know, but I found geeks and gamers through Twitter. Actually, it was through Jeremy's Twitter account because he was constantly calling out stuff that I agreed with, Yeah, you know, and it was just like, finally, man, there's something like, like the, there's common sense. Like, what the heck? Like, somebody has common sense. Not all the time, Jeremy. Not all the time. But for most no. of the part, it was like, there's some common sense around here. What is this stuff all about? Yeah. So that's that's how I I found it. And however things progressed, here I, here I am now. You know, yeah. I'm part of the team. So that, that was pretty good. But, but I, that was I, like I your journey through all that. I mean, you've seen people come and go and yeah and see a lot of people come and go yeah um well i mean because i still remember when you joined that was like a big deal everybody's like dude this junk 3po guy is like legit and i was like okay and i was like ah he actually is pretty cool man i mean yeah (laughs) i i've I've been i dude i've been a fan for a long time i just been lurking and stuff i got a lot of youtube accounts that i don't tell people about so i can lurk and comment and stuff and not you know um but yeah She's trying to highlight because to make them feel good about themselves, but (laughs) um, no, to your point, um, yeah, man. I mean, you know, I watched, I remember when the Facebook group you weren't allowed to swear, everybody was like all nicey nice with each other. I remember people getting banned because they swore. I remember getting called out, yelled at one time for swearing. I said something in a chat and I got like a private DM from one of the mods, and they're like, hey, you can't say that. I remember getting one of my tweets deleted because I talked about a movie or not tweets, but posts deleted because they're like, oh, that's a little spoiler. You can't talk about that. And I got in an argument with one of the mods. Um, The whole time that's been going on, Josiah was the one that really told me about the group. So I've been very much on the outside looking in, listening to Josiah and Jeremy and their ideas and going and stuff like that. yeah, just keep That's going. Funny. I'm just gonna. No, highlight. it's all good. I just I get stuck reading them too because yeah, fun. But yeah, so like that watching that grow and I remember when they started the YouTube channel and they were trying that out and they had a bunch of different variety shows and they had Josiah going to these different cons and they were just trying all these different things and I was like, okay, like you know, and me and Josiah would talk about ideas and I'd be like, maybe talk to Jeremy about this or talk to Jeremy about that and we were there was just always this like anticipation that we knew geeks gamers was something special and we just needed to figure out what it was that they needed to like blow up and you know the shows and stuff were interesting and everything like that but i could they just weren't getting the growth and i remember the day still to this day when jeremy was like you know because even though i i I haven't really done i've never done any i didn't do anything you know in front of the camera or anything but just talking to jeremy behind the scenes talking to people that were you know going on behind the scenes or um, talking to the different people that were mods and stuff. I remember when Jeremy was like, Hey man, so things are getting ready to change. Things are getting better. It'd be real different. Just, I said, dude, like this is about to be something totally new here. And I watched Jeremy go on his rant and just basically take the wheels off of like, Hey man, I'm not going to lie to you guys about who I am. I'm not going to be ashamed about it. 
I'm not going to, you guys need to be able to talk about the stuff you want to talk about and criticize movies if they're bad and love movies if they're good and be able to have those discussions and not feel like you don't have a place to talk because you might be censored. And it, it changed everything. And I, I mean, it just, and that's why they have all this success that they do is because they, it just, it changed the whole, it took all these shackles off all of a sudden, like even the Facebook group, when they finally let off the wheels of like, okay, you know, be respectful. Don't be, don't be a, don't be an ass. Don't, don't swear at people or like be cruel to people. Don't be racist, but have fun and talk like you want to talk. Dude, the group blew up again. And I remember that it was, it was a great time. And then, you know, you had people, you know, being a little bit more colorful with language, but it, it invigorated a new life because it felt like this was more than just like a safe space. And like it was in the beginning, it felt like it was a space for real true discourse because that's really missing a lot of times in social media. There's no real discourse about stuff. And people can't, if you say the wrong thing, banned. You say the wrong thing, suspended, you know, whatever. And that wasn't the case with Geeks and Gamers. And then having Jeremy talk about his stuff and then just bringing people on the team that were just real. Like, it was just, that was a part of it that changed everything was, oh my God, these people are real people really talking about stuff that they care about and not giving scripted lines or trying to get, you know, to the next con or trying to get, you know, an early access to this new show coming out or to this new video game. They're like, no, they, they don't care about any of that stuff. They're going to give me an honest take on what they really feel about stuff, whether I agree or not. So but you also saw the labeling that geeks and gamers got. Yeah. Um, when speaking out, yeah. you know, like Jeremy, a few years ago was just, you know, he's this phobe, he's that phobe, he hates women, he's, you know. Oh, yeah. The term racist gets thrown around, the term Nazi gets thrown around, like, like they just went all out. Yeah. And the more, I think, it's it's interesting, the more that they were calling him these things, the more he punched back, you know, like, yeah. like he, uh, he punched back. And then it was... Jeremy doesn't do it as much as he used to, but a few, and we're talking about the, if you don't know who we're talking about, we're talking about the president of Geeks and Gamers. What are you, what is his title? The founder? Do we just call him that? Um, I was told, of Geeks and Gamers, like whatever. I was told his title was the Grand Dragon of Geeks oh and my, Gamers. I'm not calling him Grand Dragon. No, I'm I'll not going to call him that either, I'll but I'm like, wait. Falcon. He's the yeah. Falcon. Uh, yeah. but yeah, uh, he, it's, it's, um, <laughs> no, I'm not, nobody's calling him that except people that he, hate him. No. Yeah, because at least if, if people don't know how I got kind of put in to the geeks and gamers is I would I had started a YouTube channel. I had like 55 subscribers just doing my thing, talking about Star Wars, whatever. And there was another media outlet called and I don't I, I could care less if they're mad or listening, whatever it called the uh, Slash Films by a guy by the name of Peter Serretta who called me out uh, on Twitter and that was like one of the first few times I was like, dang, this big old blue check mark guy is like mad at me uh, for making it. He put a poll up. He put a poll up about The Last Jedi. And then everyone was like, yeah, I hate this movie. And he was like, it's just whoever voted no on this poll are toxic trolls or something like that. He said something like wow. that. And and he uh, commented on my video on Twitter and he's like, you're wrong. I watched some of it uh you're basically just calling me dumb and then for some reason like i wasn't part of geeks and gamers and jeremy saw that on twitter jeremy's like who is this guy like talking about somebody who has an opinion or something and jeremy made a video and 
the rest is history, you know, like we kind of like he started following me uh, on Twitter and then, you know, we went from there. So it yeah. it was uh, it. And that's the that's what I actually appreciated uh, more of what Jeremy did is he always he took his platform and he stuck up for like the little guy yeah. <laughs> that was just trying to like not that we were trying to make our way, but just to let us know that your opinion matters. Like it, it matters. And don't let somebody with a bigger platform try to tell you to be quiet if they don't agree with what you're saying. Yeah. And I, and it, it's just, it's exactly what we see in this uh, world today. It's we, we can't have an opinion. And that's, that's the thing is people don't disagree with opinions and move on. They disagree and want to cancel you yeah. or belittle you or talk about your character yep. or just say you're this or you're that and, and, and push down and just say, don't listen to that. Don't listen to this person because you know, he has a small, he has a small following and nobody cares about him. He's just this, he's yeah. just that. And, and so what Jeremy did early on, like I say, he doesn't do it too often anymore. Cause you know, he's, he's the grand dragon now, <laughs> you know, well, I mean, he's obviously he's racist protect- with all of this. <laughs> You know, all of these diverse people on this channel. That's I've been told that that's why he brings diverse people on is because he's racist and he's just protecting himself. But, you know, yeah, no, I know. I, I, I agree. I, I don't, I just don't think he has the time, but the heart's still there because if somebody yeah, calls, I, I mean, I've seen him do it. If somebody says, Hey man, check this out. He he'll, he'll pop the camera on and say, Hey man, this is messed up don't let this happen and stuff, you know, but he's also got a team around him of people that can do it as well. Like, I mean, I would feel if I was a small YouTuber or something and you can't went to bat for me, you know, you, you're not only speaking with your voice and your platform, but because you're part of geeks and gamers, you're speaking with that whole community behind you. And that's the part of it. That's, that's huge is Jeremy taking all these people around him that he trusts that he think that are that he knows are trustworthy and saying, Hey man, I don't have the time to do all of this, but you guys can, you know, you guys can talk about stuff that I don't know anything about. You can defend the little guy for stuff. I mean, you know, I, I think that that's the genius of geeks and gamers is that Jeremy picked people that he knew he could trust to help carry the baton, so to speak for him, you know, cause he can't do it by himself. He would, he would do nothing else with his life. If he only spent time defending the, the little guy, because that's how many people are getting swatted around, you know. No, but it was so much fun. Like, yeah, I, like to go on Twitter and see who Jeremy was slapping around that day. <laughs> yeah. That was a fun time for me. <laughs> yeah, it really was. Lie. That yeah. was a fun time. Again, it was a different time, uh, but it, it it was kind of a fun time. And yeah, it, it just you know even even today it's like he he he. Uh, he tweeted something out like a few months ago about oh, I'm not going to watch Boba Fett and the hate mob just came after him, you know, like yeah. they just wouldn't let up. And he's just like, <laughs> he's just laughing about it. Cause he's just like, I, I could, I could uh, do anything to trigger yeah. these people now. And it's, and it's glorious. And, and yeah. to this day, to this day, people don't understand is that that's what <laughs> he uses social media for. And what if many people now they've learned from it, they're just like, um, you know, getting you all riled up over, over, uh, you know, 40 words on social yeah. media, like that just, that kind of shows what kind of person 
<laughs> that you 100%. are. If you can't, if you can't even handle someone saying, "I don't," I'm probably not going to watch Boba Fett um, because I'm done with Star Wars, you know. And then they they get all they get they all can't handle up. it. Yeah. Well, it, Jeremy, Jeremy, the guy, like the the do the geeks and gamers president, that guy, he's a symbol for, you know, he's 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 a hate symbol for some people, and he's a symbol of like, um, openness and honesty and truth for other people, and so they can't and. And in today's society, nothing is not political to some people. You know, if, yeah. if Jeremy says, I don't want to watch Boba Fett, they don't hear, I don't want to watch Boba Fett because I'm not interested. They hear, you hate Star Wars, and so let me do everything I can to discredit you so that people don't listen to your opinion because you might make other people not watch Star Wars. And it's like, well, people people don't just not watch Star Wars because of Jeremy. They trust his opinion, and that'll affect things yeah. for them. But that's because they choose to, not because he's got some magic spell that he cast over all these people in his community, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, and that's the whole, that's what I love about Geeks and Gamers as a whole, the different personalities from all over the world coming yeah. together and just talking about the things that they love. And yeah. you see certain people begin to gravitate towards certain individuals within Geeks and Gamers and just saying, I, 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 this is what I like, and this is who I like, and that's what I like. And I mean, I run yep. the theme park channel. Yeah. So the theme park channel, many people that are into that might not be into anime or the different video yep. games. They might just really be into into theme parks. So it's it's kind of cool. Let me grab a couple of these super chats real quick. Absolutely. Patrick T for two dollars says Candy Corn is Jay's food pyramid. Only in October. <laughs> Only in October. Only in uh, October. Um. Then Megatonic. Audio. I love that name. Did I say that right? Megatonic. Megatonic. Oh, God. Yeah. I said it wrong. And it's going to be on the podcast. No. Megatonic Audio. <laughs> Here comes everyone saying he's an English teacher, everyone. Uh, for nice. $10 says nothing. I, I, was, I was like fascinated on the uh, the avatar there. That's Yeah, that's cool. really cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And Lulu, my goodness. Lulu, thank you for the $50 super chat. It says Geeks and Gamers is family. Uh, Geeks and Gamers is family. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you yeah. so much, Lulu. I really appreciate that. And Kaylee with the 99 cent super sticker. Got the rebellion hat on, man. I appreciate that. And the Gina Carano shirt. You gotta love it. It, it yeah. is. It's it's uh it's turned out to you guys are freaking awesome. Thank you guys yeah. for the love and the super chats and everything. And yeah, everyone's saying Geeks and Gamers is absolutely amazing. It's yeah. true, but like that that's the thing. Like, I wanted to have more of them on at least the podcast so people get to know. You know the different personalities that are a part of this, of this big—I don't even know what you call it—this big machine here that he yeah. has put that he has put together. Um, but it, the reason why it's so popular is because the issues of like pop culture that we see today, you know, and and everything just sucks. <laughs> like, like what yeah. is going on? Like, like everything is not you. You were talking. You were on a live stream talking about the Halo. Yeah. And uh, you, you, it wasn't your favorite. It's awful. It's, <laughs> it's terrible. It's not good. You know, it, it's just it's 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 a bad story. It that's the thing. I and I get I get hate for that. You know, people. I got a lot of hate for Morbius because I didn't like Morbius. I just saw that on Friday. People are like, oh, I thought it was pretty good and stuff. You know, I and that's. I'm not telling you how to feel. And the Jeremy says it all the time too. Yeah. I'm not telling you how to feel. So 
if you want to watch, you know, me talk about something or Jeremy or Jay, we're not telling you how to feel. We're giving you an objective opinion based on our perspective. And that's the only way that that can work. But yeah, I mean, it, the Halo show is not good. And here's the thing. If it was good without Halo, I would say that. If it wasn't Halo, it's good. It's not good by any, it's just not good on any metric. It's just not a good show. It's not well written. Even the people that like Halo, the, the Halo show or the people at Paramount are paying to like that show don't really have much defense for it. And it's only two episodes deep right now. You know, I mean, that's that should tell you something. And also, because we know that the mainstream media, we know that these pr production companies don't tell the truth and aren't looking to tell objective truths about things or have honest conversation. When they tell you this is why you should like the show, you can usually look at that and put that up to scrutiny and find out that that's not true. You know, well, you should put down the controller and like what we're doing and you can just enjoy our vision. It's like, but that's never, that's not what people were interested in. We became interested in Halo because we could pick up a controller and play Master Chief. And then we wanted to see him come to life in a different medium, not your spin on it and then decide to take off his helmet and strip him of his armor for most of the two episodes that you have him, you know? So, I mean, yeah. I haven't, that that's where I'm at now. It's just watching all you guys' opinion on shows. And I'm just waiting for someone to tell me, Hey, I think you might enjoy this. I might, you might enjoy that because everything just seems to be bad. Uh, not good right now. Yeah. So geek truth 64 for $2 says some people take an opinion as a personal attack. That is the crazy world that we live in today. Yeah. And you are absolutely correct, yeah. Geek Truth 64. They do take it as a personal attack. They do take it personally when you don't agree with them or when you think something is different. And it, anybody that has a presence on social media, a YouTube channel, whatever, will see that in their comment section or in their replies. If they were to make a controversial statement, and uh, not liking something or liking something that other people didn't like, yeah. uh, it's it, they they take it very personal and want to lash out. And yeah. I don't understand how we got to that place. Uh, I guess because they could feel safe behind a keyboard. Yeah, because you know a lot of people won't say that uh, to their face with all oh. the, with all the. What what's That's happening with pop culture though, Mike? Why is it? What do you think? Why is it all changing? Um. Well, one along people's hands is it. Well, I think that social media has a big part of it. You know, I think social media gave us access to these companies in a way that they never expected. Um, I think, you know, like these actors and stuff don't, they can't be their public personas. They have to be a blend of their public personas and their personal personas. And this sounds crazy, but because we've talked about this before, they don't live in like the real world. They literally play pretend for a living and that's okay. That's not a criticism of actors. My wife's an actor, you know, and stuff. They, they play pretend. And when you play pretend for a living and then you get paid millions of dollars to do that, there is a level of like detachment from reality that they kind of have to have. They live in mansions. They, you know, stuff like that. They have thousands of people, millions of people flocking to them when they step out into the street during the day. And I say all that to lead up to, I think that on the other side of it, when these producers and these directors and these writers got access to social media, they started feeling the pressure of, okay, what is my responsibility to my audience? That didn't used to be a conversation. It used to be, we make art and this is why we make art. And the only people that can stop us from making art are 
these other producers or people running the show or people in charge of these companies. If a director didn't like something, they would quit the production and go work somewhere else. You could do that. Nowadays, if you quit the production, there's all these interviews about why did you quit and what's going on and all this stuff like that. And if you say the wrong thing, you might get blacklisted by everybody. You know, so that part of the pressure of like that, I think, started sinking into people. And then this weird change happened. So back in the 50s and 60s, if you don't mind me ranting, because I can go on. Yeah. Back in the 50s and 60s, um, even earlier than that, even like the 20s, 30s and 40s was a big time. Um, the people that had the most influence on media, movies, television, all that stuff were actually like churches. Um, there were priests and churches and people that were involved in the church that actually were presented with, this is the show we have, or this is the movie idea we have. And there was a standard of like, okay, well, you have to have, the bad guy always has to get his comeuppance. You can never have a bad guy get away with it. If you're going to write a movie about somebody having an affair, they need to get caught and they need to get punished. You know, there was that, there was a big influence like that of like, maintain the nuclear family, maintain morality, and let people know that the, the consequences of bad things is bad things happening to you. You get punished for being bad. And then in like the 50s and 60s, the church kind of pulled away from that and they got a lot more involved in politics because they thought that that was the next step to go to. Some of it was corruption. Some of it was altruism, you know, but then they pulled away. And so the, the, the media, the Hollywood got left to its own devices. They started writing all these things. And that's why in the eighties you saw so many like really, really dark kind of nihilistic, like violent movies. And you saw a, a, a massive explosion of horror mill movies, stuff like that. And then in the nineties, you had the rise of the anti-hero. There's always, you know, you know, this guy's not even a hero. He's not even a good person. He murders everybody and, you know, all this stuff. So you saw that rise and stuff. And I think over time, somebody noticed that there was a power vacuum and they were going, well, what are we doing with the platforms we have? Why are we just telling these stories if we're not trying to influence people in a certain way? And then you now see people that are, they don't even hide it anymore. Like Kathleen Kennedy being like, I am here to make, to my platform, I'm going to make a way for women or I'm going to make a way for LGBTQ, or I'm going to make sure that the message is the primary goal. And it's, it flipped. It's, it's, it's just, they're the same. They act the same way that the church did, but they're not in a church. They'll tell you they're not religious. So they'll tell you they don't believe in God and stuff, but they treat the message like a religion. It is about morality. If you tomorrow, if Will Smith smacked Jada instead of Chris Rock, they would judge him for that and they would cancel him because they judge him on a moral standpoint, not on the merit of his own work. And that's what's that's what's happening now. You are not judged on the merit of your work. You are judged based on the morality that you portray in your personal life and in the work that you're presenting to the world. So now it's flipped the opposite. It's just that now the morality is by people that have that detachment from reality and think it's more important to have diversity than it is to have a good story. It's more important to tell people how they should think, to inspire people to think beyond. You know, it's you know, it's very stark in, in Star Trek. Star Trek was about a world where there wasn't war, there wasn't money, there wasn't all this stuff. And and how do we respond to a world like that? Now it's politics, like you know how you know how does you know how do you punish people that think differently than you do? Or how do you fight for diversity in a world that still is bigoted, even though Star Trek was never that, you know? So I apologize for going on a long time, but no, no, that's, okay. 
that that's 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 how it's that's what happened is it stopped being about storytelling and it started to being about how can we push a message and the only thing the only comparison the only parallel that 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 exists in right now is like christian films and i'm not talking about christian filmmakers I'm talking about like if you go look at some of these movies you know that the message is going to be about you know you know jesus is away and you know that they're going to tell you the salvation message by the end of the film if you watch some of these movies you know by the end you're going to be told eating meat is bad or you know diversity is good and you should be open to diversity or you know women are strong and you should support that strength in women you know that there's going to be a message at the end of the film and it's making people like it's turning people off nobody wants to watch it nobody wants to see it nobody wants to be a part of that anymore and the backlash of that is when you start to pull away from those people and pull away from that message they have to deem you as morally reprehensible and then behind them the people that are they're that are pocketing all of this that are funding all of this are going we're losing money they must be the problem if you're upset with them they're probably the problem so how can we push the narrative so that they're bad and we're good and then people come back to see our movies so well yeah. the, the thing is is they have so much money to waste right now yeah uh, as far as entertainment and if they just keep it's a lot of recycling going on yeah. And so it's like, yeah, and you're right. It's just like the, the propaganda and stuff that comes out of certain films is just, wow. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's like, it's like, wow. The, my thing is this, I, I've hated politics for a long time. Yeah. Um, living overseas and stuff like that. I have never seen the, my, this was my mindset and people can judge me for whatever. I always thought, like uh, um, kings and queens come and go, you know, politicians yep. come and go, presidents yep. come and go, laws change and and they, they come and go, right? They come and go. And um, so I never was one. It, it just, it just didn't, I was just like, if I wanted to change something, I felt like I, I was always taught and felt like I need to do it myself like i need to mm. be the change i want to see instead of talking about it you know i'll be the change but now that we've seen that politics has infested literally everything yeah i mean everything to the point now i see people in the chat talking about disney the theme parks and it's i mean you know running a theme park channel and seeing like politics now have just infested the like theme park you go to theme parks to like have some ice cream ride some rides <laughs> yeah you know and like just have like a day a day of fun that's what it's supposed to be and now it's like all political it's like it's ridiculous yeah. and like and you're right it's like the storytelling aspect is been flushed in the toilet and my gosh man when i saw you know the superman comics where they had superman wearing uh, a covid mask yeah. in the comics i'm like are you freaking serious like he's superman he's freaking superman what is he doing with the mask on yeah like <laughs> what is he the guy's supposed to stop bullets you know yeah. able to leave tall buildings in a single bound like all that but first before i save at the day let me make sure my mask is on mask on me. Yeah. <laughs> to go out it's it, it, you're absolutely right there's the storytelling yeah. 
it's been flushed in the toilet for a a rehash of things that that we see. I, listen, I love superhero films, man. I love them. Yeah. After yeah. a while, I'm like, okay, we got a lot of superhero films in here, you know. Like, and it's the same thing. I'm a superhero. Something bad happens, and then I win. You know, like yeah. that's that's the easy, you know, flip book of making a superhero film. Yeah. And so you just you just constantly uh rehash that over and over in, in all your film. You're right. There's no storytelling, it's all uh activism. Yeah. Uh, well, and- what, what was one of the films? And I know I got some super chats, I'll get to that real soon. What was um what was what was one of the movies that impacted your life? Did you have a film that you like you have a couple oh. films that you just go, I can watch that. So yeah, I, I I got a couple movies that I have like that are favorites because of what they do. And then I also have like movies that impacted me kind of a weird mix. Um, the first movie I ever cried at and that'll stick with me forever was Braveheart. Like my mom was like, you're too young to watch this. Like wait till you're a little older. I don't remember what age I was. I think I was like 13 or 14. And she was like, all right, I think you're ready to watch this. And I watched it and it was the first time I'd ever cried at a movie. I was just like blown away. Um, I love the story. It was the first time that I ever saw that story could impact me beyond I had a good time at this movie, but like that a story could like move me to tears, that a story could move my, make me feel inspired, excited, you know, and then even like tragically like happy. Cause I was like, this is sad, but I'm happy because of how beautiful it is at the end. You know, um, that was one of my, like, that was a big one for me that as a kid, um, I grew up watching a lot of, a lot of like, you know, I mean, I watched like the mainstream movies and stuff too, but like, I grew up watching things like, uh, there's a BBC show called like series called Horatio Hornblower. I grew up watching that back in the day. Um, I was always really in the ships and nights and, and fantasy epics and stuff like that too, as a kid. Um, those were big ones. The Lord of the Rings, obviously that was, I think that affected and uh, impacted a lot of people. Lord of the Rings was a really big one, but um the uh, what do you one, think of amazon's lord of the rings stuff that's i think it's going to be morally i think it's going to be morally bankrupt and creatively dead um i don't think that there's any actual level of creativity in it at all i think they're trying to make the next game of thrones you can't make the next game of thrones because game of thrones is game of thrones that's you know um one of the outcasts I, is in Hornblower, buddy. Oh, nice. I think uh, I think all these IPs are just being owned by billionaires as trophies. Yeah, they don't even they don't even they can care less what happens. No, to them. they get to they get to brag about it and say, "Cool, look what I have going on." Exactly. But, it's like look what yeah. I just bought. You know, yep. like uh, the Amazon guy. You know, he's just like he bought some of the rights, and then he's like, "How can I own more?" Well, yeah. you got to buy MGM. All right. Yep. I'll drop the Done. money. Now on I it. got the Hobbit. You know, I'm good. Like, yeah, like it's like it's like Thanos with the gauntlet. They just keep yep. adding a couple things. Add and... another one and another one, and then when that when that studio does that, the other studio goes, "Well, I want something. Why don't I get to have things?" You know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's just a. I think it's just a bunch of toys that billionaires are playing with, and they. Hundred percent. I I don't disagree with you, and and that's the thing, man. I you know I grew up. Um, Batman, Batman animated series, as much as I just talked about Batman was my favorite show as a kid. It's a very I, good show. It's a very good show. And I I, this is, this is like a, like, I didn't understand as a kid. Okay. 
I remember getting up one morning to watch Batman the Animated Series. And I believe it was Batman the Animated Series, yeah. And it wasn't on because Princess Diana had just died and they did her funeral. And I remember as a kid going like, I am so annoyed that whoever just died is on the television right now because I want my Batman. And then later as I got older, I was like, oh my God, that was like a big deal. Like I like that was like me. I was like mad as a kid. I was like, oh, stupid funeral. How long do they need to last? Who cares who died? I didn't get to watch Batman today. Um, but and then I realized later, I was like, oh, that was kind of a big deal. I probably shouldn't. The, uh, the Batman animated series when Superman and all, man, that was oh, yeah. like top tier cartoonish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> A hundred percent. Yeah. It was like freaking top tier. That was like, um, like back in the day, you know, back in the day when, uh, GI Joe. Yeah. You know, I'd be like running home to make sure I didn't miss GI Joe because you couldn't. Yeah. Mom would record record it it for me. Like she wouldn't do that. Like she didn't know how to work that thing. And so it was just like, uh, had to, had to make sure I didn't miss the GI Joe. And it, yep. it, it it just had, but that Batman series, bro, that was like uh, nothing like it. There, there's nothing. Yeah, there's no. I mean, there are good cartoons that have come out over the years, and animations are kind of one of the last bastions of like actual art and storytelling. But Batman animated series was like unprecedented because they weren't trying to just sell toys; they were actually trying to do like a good job with story. Yeah. Um. So I I 100 agree with that. Yeah. Well, I, that's why a lot of people. Uh, I I love some of these YouTube channels that I that I do watch are people that are watching movies in the 80s for the first time and their reaction and to see them go yeah the special effects aren't that great but man was that a good movie <laughs> like they just yeah. they're just uh, it just because the storytelling like you said in the late 80s and and somewhat early 90s was just it was so people had to be creative on how they did things now there's a lot of CGI that could be poured into a film to yep. do whatever they want without being, you know, creative. But but back then, like for me, I, I always share this. Like my my I love Star Wars, but Indiana Jones is my all time favorite. Oh yeah, I watch Indiana Jones forever. Uh, and and I I wanted to be him. I wanted to be a teacher and travel the world. Yeah, you know? that's awesome. And that was uh, that's what I that's all I wanted to do: be a teacher and travel the world. And that's Kind of doing that, so yeah, that's what kind of impact that that had in me. Hey, what's up, Camelot? What's up, bro? Came in and say, hey, graced us with his uh, famous presence, my <laughs> man, Camelot. That's awesome. I, I get to see your face in your avatar, Camelot. But yeah, it it but movies they think that movies today still have the same impact as they t- as they did back then. It's just. I don't know, man. It's just, it's such a different time where going, all right, going to the movie theater used to be like an event, you know? I mean, it ain't cheap. I know your mic is muted, but that's okay. I guess that's okay. My my daughter's standing right next to me right now and she's trying to talk okay. to me. <laughs> oh, no, go, go listen. I could, I could babble for a minute. No, yeah, because I'm, I'm listening. But yeah, it's <laughs> a guest on my podcast, everyone, and he has to, you know, has to take care of business at home. Like going going to the movie theaters used to be an event. You you know, bought your tickets, you got food, you wasted three hours or however long the movie was, drove out there, did the whole thing. And now you don't really need that anymore because of streaming service and the way yeah. the world is, you can just watch it whenever you want. Um, people that if you're not a movie reviewer, 
it's whatever. Like you can you, you can wait six months and watch it later, but yeah, which a it, lot of people say now they're like, oh, I'll just catch it when it comes out on streaming, and you're like, what? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my man Chris Gore is in the chat. Says Epic Mike, great insight on movies. Jay, most movies today are forgettable. Yeah, well, I, I mean, let's throw in... this out that Chris Gore is ducking me to be on the podcast. That's all. <laughs> well, now now he's called out now. Yeah, Chris Gore yeah, is a real one. I call him out every time I see him, and then he'll message me. Why you got to call me out, man? Why you got to call me out on you? <laughs> well, that's on funny. But yeah, um, man. Um, dude, going to the movies used to be an event, like, and it was a big deal. Like, you you know, you you get the whole family together, and you go, oh my gosh, this new movie just dropped. Like, you know, we can't wait to go see it. And, you know, you had your niches of movies that were like whatever. But I remember even like when Spider-Man with Sam Raimi came out, I remember how big of an event that was like because I grew up watching Spider-Man the animated series as well. And it was like, oh, my gosh, Spider-Man is coming to the big screen. And like everybody was going to see it and everybody was excited. I missed the Batman craze when Batman 89 came out because I was a kid. You know, I, I had just been born in 1990. So but. You know, like those events were so big. I remember when Iron Man was like a we first came out in 2008, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, dude, we got to go see this and stuff." And now it's like, eh, whatever. You know, another Marvel movie coming out. Okay, all right, whatever. Or, oh yeah, you know, another Batman movie coming. I guess I got to go see it. Or I have people saying, "Hey man, um, you know, I, I'll probably see Batman when it comes to to theaters or whatever. I mean, when it comes to streaming or whatever." Oh, is it coming to streaming? Ah, whatever. See what happens. And that was like. I remember, I remember seeing even like home releases and how big of a deal it was for home video releases. Like I remember when the dark Knight came out and I saw it in theaters and I was like blown away and I was like, Oh my God, I can't wait until this comes out on DVD. And I remember when my mom came home with it on Blu-ray and, or not Blu-ray DVD, and she had like the special edition. And I like, I was freaking out, turn off all the lights, made a bunch of food, sat down and like watched the dark night at home, you know? And nowadays it's like, it's nothing. It, do, it doesn't have that same impact. And part of it is the quantity over quality that Marvel has taken on as a, let's pump out as many movies we can a year. And then part of it is because yeah, these movies don't have the same impact because if you had 35 movies in a year that you had to go see that were like, had a massive impact on you, you'd be exhausted. It's emotionally exhausting to invest so, in some of these movies. Um, I love out, out of all the Star Wars films, I love I love the prequels the most, and not because I thought they were better films. It's and I share this all the time, and I I wish some people could experience this, but I was part like man, I was in college, and we went to the theaters, me and my friends, and we camped out. To get tickets nice. back when you were allowed to camp out at movie theaters and it was three days and and it's it's not like we all slept there but it was like there was a bunch of us there was like a, there was like 150 people in line wow. and people it just was a beautiful time for films we wanted to see the phantom menace yeah so we had to wait they didn't start selling tickets to a certain time and the first showing was a midnight showing so we waited and it was like a hundred people reenacting all the films, people going oh, yeah. out and buying donuts for everyone, people bringing coffee. And then it was like, um, you know, like I'd be like, all right, I'm going to go home and take a shower. So I'd go home and they, they saved my place in line and we'd come back and yep. then we'd do this and go back and forth. And it was, su it was such an amazing time with Star Wars fans from every 
every every economic background, every gender, whatever, yeah. people dressed up in their favorite characters, this and that. And it was like three days of like a Star Wars convention. Yeah. And it was awesome. And then we all got saw the film and we're like, oh, well, Jar Jar Binks. OK, but we were <laughs> able to do that for like all three films. And you don't really do that anymore because you could buy the tickets online. You know, yep. you can get uh, things. And that made the movie so special to me. Yeah. Because the same people that I bought the tickets with, you know, we came back. I think you were allowed to buy them. Um, I think it was like two weeks in advance, maybe three. And then we all came back and we were just like, hey, remember me? Yeah, I bought cheeseburgers for everybody, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. so it was it, it was such an awesome time for films where now, like you said, it's just um, it's it's not it's just so different. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's just it, it doesn't just have so a different. luster. Yeah, it doesn't have the luster and the the shine that it used to, and and it doesn't, you know. But that's the thing too, because they realize, you know what, man, we're making handfuls of cash with these movies, and these are really popular. Like that's what we need to keep doing is just figuring out how to make more of these movies that everybody wants. And it wasn't because they wanted to give more people what they were wanting. It was because they realized we could make a lot of money doing this. And this is the thing too, Michael Eisner actually. In Disney, and I don't know if you've ever heard this quote before, um, uh, but when he took over Disney, he talked about it, and somebody asked him about um, like art and, he, and and making good art and stuff, and if that was the goal of Disney. And he goes, you know, our goal is not to make good art; it is to make money. And if we happen to, uh, here's a quote exactly: We have no obligation to make history. We have no obligation to make art. We have no obligation to make a statement. To make money is our only objective. And if we make good art along the way, that's good too. Like wow. the, the goal was about making money. That was that was the that was the change. That was the shift. And the thing is, we didn't know this at the time, but like I remember growing up watching like the wonderful world of Disney on like Sunday nights. Yeah. And they would release like the first like I remember the Santa Claus and I love that movie. I still have a soft spot for that movie because of that. But like that was a big deal. Michael Eisner would come out and talk about the movie and be like, we did this for you guys and everything like that. But then to like grow up and then realize it was all a sham to get you to go see, make more money. But the difference with, and this is, this is to your story about star Wars. We all knew that George Lucas wanted to make more stories. Yeah. That was the difference. It wasn't about, well, I can make a lot more money. If I put Jar Jar Binks in this movie, it was, I want to make more of these stories because they mean something to me. And because they mean something to the audience. Like, you know, I I wasn't old enough. I was only nine when The Phantom Menace came out. But I, when I watched it, I remember for the first time Darth Maul, like, igniting his, like, double saber. And, like, everybody, like, losing their minds. Freaked out, man. Dude, yeah. It was, there was nothing like it. And then I went and saw Attack of the Clones in theaters and was like, oh, my gosh. And my friend um, at the time, she was actually my babysitter. Um because my mom was like on a business trip and she took me to go see attack of the clones. Cause she was a huge star Wars fan and she gets done with the movie and everybody's freaking out and she's freaking out. She goes, the best part about this is like the clone wars is a huge story arc. This next movie is going to be so good. And it got me so hyped. Like I was just like, Oh my gosh, because um, yeah, my introduction to star Wars was my grandmother had them on film. She taped them off a of television and she had like three tapes. And that's where I first watched star Wars. And as a kid, I was like, dude, I, don't, I didn't realize how big of an impact it was, but like, I loved it. I loved it immediately. I was like, this is great. This is amazing. And then, you know, 
being old enough to go to the theater and see it. And then me and my buddies going to see Revenge of the Sith and growing up and growing into like manhood and Star Wars being like a big part of that and being a big part of how I interacted with geeks and in, interact with other people that like love the same thing I loved was huge. And there's nothing like that today. There's no event like that today. They announced another Marvel movie and you might, your friend might be too busy to go see it with you when it comes out yeah. on opening night, you know, but before I know people that took off work to go see movies yeah. when they came out, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that it's, oh, let me read some super chats and I'm going to ask you, how do we fix it? Uh, cool. How do we, how do we fix something like that? Um, right here, Marksman says, Jay, watch the DVD series. I have it right here, buddy. I'm going to get into it this month. Thank you for sending it to me. I sent you plus movies, uh, 12 episodes, sequel series. It's a classic. All right. I got you, man. I got you. I got you. Thank you for sending it to me. I appreciate all that stuff. Casey, the nerdy mechanic on Instagram. Uh, such Very a beautiful mechanic. soul. Mike laying down the truth. Thank you for the $10. Uh, thank think. you for the $10. Sheev Burger. <laughs> what a name. What a picture in the avatar. Last Kingdom on Netflix is amazing. So yes. I might be one of the weird people left. But when the whole uh, cuties things happen, I, I ditched my Netflix. So I can't. Totally I, feel like I, stand, I feel like I stand alone. So some sometimes people have to send me a special code. Uh, for me to uh, watch Netflix series. So really there you funny. have it. Uh, Buford T. Justice for $20. It's been years since I looked forward to a movie opening. Probably not since Endgame. Wow. I wasn't even excited for the Batman or Spider-Man. And the biggest negative for me is the rampant wokeness. Yeah, exactly. Because it, that's that's what it is. It's like, is the movie have wokeness in it? Does the movie have wokeness? It's like I'm waiting. I want to know. I want to. Uh, I want to know it. So it's like I have to wait till some people that I trust to watch it now. Yeah. Before I even spend my money, because there's so many other things now. Like I'd rather uh, spend my money on it. Well, and, and that's the thing. They they tricked us. They lie. They would lie. They'll lie to your face and tell you this movie is about this, and then you go see the movie and it's nothing about what they said it was. The and then you go, switch. yeah, the old bait and switch. And they, and they do it because they knew that you were going to go see it. Now people can't because you can't trust them anymore. They like, they, they, they violated your trust to make you go see a movie that you didn't actually want to see. And I, so I, it's, it sucks that that's the case, but that's also part of it too. You know? Well, I, I think that the, also one of the biggest parts is we'll just, we're speaking of Lucasfilm or star Wars or however, yeah. That was run by a man with a vision. Now these movie theater, these movie IPs are run by a board of directors that live in a world that we can't quite possibly understand. (laughs) That like, you know, that probably own their own islands, you know, like, like, and so basically they just going to look on the paper and go, okay, well, this movie made a billion dollars, even though it was terrible, it was trash and nobody liked it. I don't care. We making our money. So please do what you got to do to make money. Like that's what I need you to do is make money because that's why we're in this business. I don't care what it's like. I don't care who stars in it. I don't care. Um, Just please make some money. And if you don't make money, we'll find somebody else that will make money. So people are trying to hold on to their jobs. People trying to do all this. So it's so easy to make, 
you know, I don't know, soulless, heartless stuff. And and it's and and yes, I will be the first to admit it. I will be the first to admit it that when they they dangle those nostalgia keys, oh man, I bite big time. Man, yeah. do I bite? Not I. I'm I'm backing up. I'm doing better. But boy, sometimes when they dangle that stuff, it's like I just want it. Like right now, I'm fighting the uh, Obi Wan Kenobi series because yeah, Hayden Christensen is going to be in it, and I'm like, I just want to see my boy Hayden. Yeah, he got so much hate in the prequels. You know, people hated him and stuff. And I just, I just want to see him. Like, I don't even care about the series. I just want to see him like do well. Like at yeah. this point, I, I want him to get his paycheck. I want him to do well. Um, yeah. because well, that's, and, and they dangle it, man. And that's how they, they make money now. It's like, hundred percent. So we're gonna bring well, and, back this. And and the thing is too, like we we you, like you said, Hayden got so much hate for the prequels. But like I remember when he went to his first con. Uh, and it wasn't that long ago that he did because he, he avoided them because he thought everybody hated him. And he went to a con and he said, I walked through and everybody freaked out. They were yeah. like, oh my gosh, you're here. This is amazing. It's Hayden Christensen, it's Darth Vader or whatever. And the thing is, that was the love of the fans. That's not Disney tricking you. People loved Hayden Christensen. Even with all the criticism of his acting and all that stuff, it didn't matter because he was still Darth Vader. Like, yeah. And you loved him for that. And you missed seeing him in his roles. Like, you know, and the thing is, Disney knew that. Disney knows that you want to see more Ewan McGregor. Disney knows you want to see Hayden Christensen. And you know that they don't care about you. So why did they bring him back? They don't bring him back because it's for the goodness of the fans. They brought him back because they know that you're going to go see it because he's in it. And that's the thing that hurts the most is it's not we loved this. We love Hayden Christensen. We found a way to bring him back. We found a good story that will will make sense for everybody. And we wanted him to be part of it. It was like, well, we yeah, you know, Hayden's back like Darth Vader and, and Obi-Wan are going to throw down. Isn't that awesome? And people are like, well, I mean, is the story good? And they're like, that's not it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Don't that you want to see this? Exactly right. It's like it doesn't matter. And and. You know, the old saying is, fool me once, shame on you. Yeah. Fool me twice, shame on me. And so it's like, we're going we're gonna to get to that point. I'm telling you, we're going to get to that point where they're like, shame on me for still for still buying this crap, you know, like that you're yeah. shoveling. And, you know, Chris Gore for $10 says, has anything woke that was not connected to a well-known IP ever been successful? As far as I know, no. As far I, as as far as I know, not at all. That they had to use a already created IP that's already been established that has a fandom. Yeah. Well, because be because they're creatively bankrupt, they can't yeah. they can't create anything on their own. And I don't mean that to be rude. It's not it's not an insult in the way of like, no, you're an idiot. It's it's literally like. If you're not good enough, it's okay. You don't like you can learn to be good enough. You can learn to write good stories, but some people just don't have it. If you're not a like if you're not a good singer, like well, there's exceptions to that rule, but for the most part, if you can't sing well, you don't become a famous singer. If you don't got it, you don't got it. You know, you got to put the work in. And some of these people don't put the work into the writing and the crafting of good stories. They know how to craft the message, not even craft the message. They know how to push the message. And then these companies go, well, we can put that into this IP because this IP has to do the work that like it, the light is on it. Like people are going to come see it. So we know that they're going to see the message. It is, it is 
beholden to this IP to push the message now because you know people aren't going to come see our original movies because the mess if they know the message is in it. We can't lie to somebody about it, but we can lie to them about Star Wars. We can lie to them about you know He Man. We can lie to them about Batman or Spider Man or whatever is the IP is that they're going to push that in because, like you said. They know that enough people are going to come if they dangle those keys, you know. But yeah. even that's not that's that's not working as much anymore. So Hatcher for five, A New Hope was basically an indie film. There lies the path. Well, you're not kidding. That was the most successful indie film. I think Chris Gore even made a comment about yeah, that. Um, that's the and see that's what we're missing. All right, and here's my plug. That is what this Welcome to Rebellion is all about. It's like okay. We're tired of it, so we're going to make our own thing. We're going to make our own thing, and we're going to be creative. Listen, I've been working on this freaking story. I've been working on this story that I'm about to drop later this year, this graphic novel, for three and a half years now because wow. I just I, I just don't want it to suck. I want to read it and go, okay, this is this is what I wanted to do, right? Whether people like it or not, it's on them. But at least in my own heart, I spent time. I planned. I mean, listen, I went from storyboard stuff to writing it to having uh, I hired a creative writer to go through my story and just, you know, add suggestions and kind of work where I was thinking. And I mean, it's just it's been a lot. It's been a long time coming and we're almost there. And so it is what it is. I'm not saying it's going to be, you know, the greatest work of all time, but it we're going to get to that point where I'm like, I, there's no, I don't like what is happening to the children in, in our country and the, and the things that yeah. they, that they have uh, being pushed at them. I, I wanted to write a story and have a, have a whole universe for kids, you know, that can teach them that, they have a purpose in this world that they have something that they need to do and not have all this agenda on it. It's just like, no, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to look this way. You don't have to do all this stuff. And yet you still have a purpose in this world. So it's like, it, that's just been a, a passion of mine ever since I was a school teacher. So it's just because I've seen the stuff that's out there yeah, and you know, what's being pushed and what they, what they, what they, they just feel like if they don't get certain amount of likes, if they don't get a certain amount of attention or if they don't get a certain amount of things, um, they, they feel like they're useless. And I see yeah. you in the chat agent that you keep telling me, I, I can't really do that now during a live stream. Someone's asking me to watch a video. Um, oh, wow. I, I'll check it when it's done, but I, you keep posting that. So I just wanted to recognize that I did see that, but I, I can't really do it. Um, yeah. right now. But it's I feel for like this generation coming up because they see um, they see yep. a lot of crazy stuff in TikTok and Instagram and stuff. And, yep. and I, I'll, I'm going to share a story that that is and then we got to lighten it up after this, Mike. We got to lighten it up. All right. We got we got <laughs> right. we got to tell some motivating factor. And listen, why? I, hey, I love you guys in the chat. And I will do my best to kind of check all this stuff out. I just can't do all that stuff live. If you're listening, people are asking me to read an email. People are asking me to check this, check that. So uh, I appreciate that y'all are sending me stuff. I just can't get to it live. That's all I'm saying. Um, but 
my first year teaching in the classroom in elementary, there was a story that went around Florida, something terrible, a, ch- a horrific tragedy happened involving a 12-year-old girl who felt like um, she had no value because people around her were being invited to party. I don't know what it was. I She wasn't in my school, but she was close by. Mm-hmm. And she had an Instagram account that got nothing but uh, like trolls, like troll people would be like, oh, you're ugly, you're this. You're no good. Like you, you know, kids can be brutal. They really can. Yeah. Yeah. If they're not being protected. And she finally there was a something happened from the story that I know. Something happened and she wasn't invited to something. And she posted like, since nobody cares about me, I'm just gonna kill myself. And people in this comment section was like, do it, we'll watch, do it, we'll watch, do it live, do it live. And the horrific thing, she did it live. Mm-hmm. And it sent a shockwave through Florida, like through this thing that this this young girl, and the recording is horrific. It, it, it's just like, it's it's absolutely horrific. I mean, that these, and I, and I hope everyone pushing her to do that was held responsible uh, it, it just it destroyed me as like what reading the story that someone would be like that that would want to see this girl set up her instagram live and do a horrible thing i mean horrible thing yeah and so i we talked about that at my school and actually we had an assembly and we had everybody in the assembly room and like i was like i literally asked from because i was the basketball coach we literally asked from 12th grade to fifth grade uh sixth grade to 12th grade we had an assembly talking about this because some people knew her and i was like does anybody else feel this way like do you feel like you have no value in this world and they many students raised their hand now whether they were raising it for whatever reason but i'm i believe it i was like these i was like how do you feel at this young age i get it puberty and all this all this craziness is going in and you're being infested by social media you're being infested by people saying you need to be this way you need to look this way you need to be perfect you need to do that you need to have this you need to have this in order for you to function in society they're being bombarded by stuff and even in the education stuff that they're trying to that they're being taught yeah. so all this stuff is coming at them where they're like i have no value yeah you know and what a world to live in to think yeah. you are living in this world with absolutely no value. Yeah. A few months later, uh, actually the next school year, we were doing an, an English uh, writing project and a student wrote a paper. She turned it in saying, the world would be better off without me. And immediately my reset, everything went up like, dear God, this student's going to hurt themselves. And the whole paper was like, my mom is poor and she can't afford a grocery. So if I wasn't around, she would have more money to feed herself, things like that. It was it was tar- terrible. So I mean, I did every precaution you're supposed to do. Turn it in, you know, counselor, everything. The person, the student was like, oh, I don't want to hurt myself. I just think that the world would be a better place. And, uh, you know, without without me, because. I see people struggling because of me. Like they can't afford yeah. to pay for shoes. And I'm like, this is an America, bro. And it's like, it just yeah. something went off in my mind. Like, uh, 
they need to be told that they have that. They need to read stories. They need to have influence. They need to see films. They need to see things where they can feel like I can have value, whatever it is. Some of them, some people pull their faith. Some people pull to other things. Yeah. And that was like the whole starting point. I, I never had a name to like the rebellion stuff, but you yeah. know, uh, that was like the whole starting point for me where it was like, um, we have to do something. Yeah, because if we have a whole generation of people feeling like I have no value, then this progressive crazy movement is going to suck them in and saying you'll have value if you do this, if you do that, if you help me protest this, if you help me do this, if you act this way, if you push this agenda, then you'll have value with us and they'll get sucked into this lifestyle um, that is very harmful. 100%. and I've seen these young people, and forgive me, I'm going on my own tangent. No, you're good, man. I've seen these young people that have started down this progression, and and they they look at themselves as, they still look at themselves of no value, but they're just waiting for the next thing to make them feel like they have value. Yeah, the next endorphin hit. Yeah, the, yeah. Right, Whatever's and so it's a, it's, a, it's a horrible cycle. And listen, are there people out there that are like, they're all for it, and they're... they're Yes, there are. I'm just talking about the the young people today that their minds can be so groomed, if you say, uh, into this area of not thinking for themselves that they have no value, but only by doing things. It's really um, it's really scary. So I like I say all that because it's like I felt like I had to do something. I felt like I had to do something in my this is the only thing I know what to do. You speak out on it, uh, show love, you do what you yeah. can. And I'm making a graphic novel that's not for adults, you know? Yeah. And I, I hope I'm going to have an option where people want to buy them. They're like, yeah, it's not for me. You made it for, you know, fourth graders, but I'll buy one that you can give one away because my whole goal is I'm going to get, I'm getting out there and I'm going to put it in the hands of young people that can't afford it or wherever. And, uh, you know, because yeah. I feel like I have to do something. If we don't do something, yeah, you know, like they're gonna get infested in these movies and Disney and yeah. all these things, and it's like um, we'll lose a whole generation to this yeah. like this crazy, crazy thing. Anyway, just I know no, that was no. a lot, everyone, and and I it, it, that's that's what's happened in my life. So if people ask why you're doing it, that's definitely why it's doing it is the book going to be brain busting like start a movement i have no idea it might suck you guys might read and go jay you could do it better i've never done this before but i feel like that's what i want to do i want to say what's up to my man sketch therapies in the chat what's up sketch uh christopher i see you ej i see kaylee holocrom i just want to say hi to a few people yeah, Evan, man, i see you. radio we see you and uh, a couple of super chats real quick too uh, radio for five says, hey, Jay, hey, Mike, welcome to the rebellion hashtag. Thank you, radio. Um, Kaylee has become a member again. Thank you, Kaylee. You're such a great supporter. Always sharing everybody's stuff. I we You don't know how much we appreciate you, Kaylee. And my man, John, for $10, young college buck, <laughs> <laughs> a working man, says hi. Yeah. Uh, appreciate you, John. Thanks for being here. But 
Um, nah, man, love you too, brother. Love you too. And so it's, I, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just, we have, and then I'll let you speak on this for, I, we, I just feel like we got one life, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. And we have, not everybody can do this, but some people have the opportunity to speak into the life or help the life of a of a few people that could change yeah. it forever. Yeah. You know, not everyone can travel the world and build orphanages. And they're not supposed to. Um, no. but some people can. And that's yep. and, you know, but some people can be good fathers to their kids, you know, and yeah. be, you know, and be good fathers at home or, or whatever it is and and start that change that can affect an entire generation. Hundred percent. That was a lot, brother. I sorry, I vomited on your don't, time. So don't apologize. That was awesome. It, no, so like I just want to say because you know I'm 32 now, so it's been a hot minute since I was in high school and stuff. But you know I grew up very poor. Like me and my mom, my mom was dirt poor, single mom. You know, um, we went. We you know we grew up in. I grew up in the city. I was born in the city. Um, we lived in. We lived in houses where like during holidays and during certain times of the year, we would sleep on the floor because we had bullet holes in the glass. I mean, I've, I've, we've been in some bad things. I mean, I've been, I, you know, we've been homeless more times than I can count, to be honest, you know, and that's not a knock on my mother because my mom worked really hard. Just life didn't always go the way that she wanted it to. And that's okay. You know? Um, and, you know, I had some really awesome moments in between that. Like we moved to my, Moved and lived with my grandma who lived out in the middle of the, the nowhere. We went from a big city to literally being like 30 minutes away from the nearest gas station. That's like, you know, I mean, it was, that's how crazy it was, the difference. But she lived on 100 acres that my grandma, and her, my grandpa and her bought before my grandpa died. And as a kid, I used to get dressed up and like make fake swords out of sticks. And I used to go play in the woods and play by myself in the woods. And I explored that whole 100 acres by myself and, and, Eventually got a dog and I and she came with me everywhere and stuff. You know, that's where I started creating because I started coming up with ideas. And my mom would buy me action figures, you know, so I'd have something to play with. And I started coming up with ideas and stories and stuff, you know. But so we grew up poor and 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 barely having enough money for clothes and barely enough money for food. And you know, then I started going to school and that was really rough because you know I was trying to adjust and I had a bad attitude and you know, everything. And I, and I, I went through school just kind of making it. And fortunately I had some really good friends, um, that took me under their wing when I got, you know, into school that, that, that hung out with me all the time. Let me come over to their house and stay all the time. I had a buddy whose mom used to work third shift. So she basically just let me stay there during the week so that he had somebody to hang out with. So, cause she wasn't home and stuff. So we just had a blast and growing up and stuff. And then I got to high school and I was kind of a terror in high school. I used to get kicked out of school, suspended from school all the time. And I, you know, a lot of big problem. I was a big, I, you know, I, I was a problem kid, despite the fact that I was, you know, raised in church my whole life and stuff, just had a really nasty attitude. And some of that was a chip on my shoulder about seeing my mom struggle and feeling like the world, it was the world's fault or it was my fault. I had that feeling a lot of times, like if I could have done something different or if I wasn't around, maybe it would have been better. And I had a teacher, um, I'm a, his name is shout out to Mr. Harris who, um, try not to cry. Cause I'll probably cry, but I'm not trying not to cry. But I remember walking down the hall in high school and he looked at me and every day he would look me dead in the eye and he'd say, good morning. And it was a little thing, 
but it made me feel like I mattered to somebody. And then um, I'm a senior in high school and he had a class that he taught called self-discovery. And it was a class for 30 year old, like for adults, it was a therapy class basically. And he had the seniors go through it. And the, our school was awesome. And they let us be part of this class. And we went through this class and he walked us through and gave us all this ton life advice. He said, you're not going to understand this now, but you will later. And if you learn it now, it'll come to play later when you need it. So he used to teach us all this stuff and he used to teach us how to talk about our feelings. And we used to have like, um, like on certain days, we'd have a circle day where all of us would talk about all the stuff going on in our lives. And, and there was no room for judgment. You couldn't pick on people. And so, you know, like it was so strict that if you made fun of somebody in class, you could get kicked out of the class because it was a room for people to be honest and open with each other. And it was so rare, but it taught me early on, like, you know what people do care about other people that the world that we live in isn't, you know, yeah, kids can be brutal and they can be mean, but most kids are mean and brutal and nasty to each other because they're scared too. And they're hurting too. Hurt people hurt people. Hurt not people hurt people, yeah. Hurt people, yeah, 100%. You know, and that the rarity is actually evil people. There are, there are very few evil people in the world. Most people are just hurt and broken. Mm -hmm. And so I remember going through school and I remember, you know, like my, my senior year of school, um, I, I really turned my stuff, my life around and I really started kind of burgeoning and, and, and I got excited for some stuff. And uh, this a little nugget for me when I was in high school, um, my sophomore year of high school, I started watching professional wrestling for the first time. And I got so inspired by professional wrestling and the impact it had on people. I was like, I'm going to do that. So like, despite the fact that I'm fat now, I was in like really good shape <laughs> in high school. I got jacked and I was going to like, that was the story in high school. Mike's going to go be a professional wrestler. As soon as he gets out of high school, that's where he's going to go. Anyways. And I remember I had another teacher tell me the last day of high school, he goes, you know, you used to be a character and now you're a person of character. Mm. And like that stuck with me for the, it stuck with me till to this day. And I go, I went, I realized I was like, okay, whatever I do with my life, it's, it's because I want to inspire people, other people, that they can have hope, that you can be a nobody with nothing and still make something of yourself, regardless of what it looks like. And the only thing that matters is that you look into yourself and realize that the world doesn't have another you. And that can seem super generic and super silly. But the fact is, like, me and Jay could write the same exact story and they'll look totally different because... Jay has a totally different experience than I do. There's nothing, the, 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 the hope is not to create something original. The hope is to create something that reflects from you what's inside of you, because that's the story. Those are the stories that people need. And I'm saying all that to, to kind of answer the question of how do we fix it? But also from my experience, the way you fix it, the way you fix the world is by being you. Like you, yeah. you can't, it's not about becoming a famous actor for the sake of that, because guess what? Dave Chappelle told a really awesome joke. It's not a joke, but it was a real story one time. He said, Anthony Bourdain had the coolest job in the world. He got to travel all over the world, meet the coolest people. And he got to eat all these foods and everything like that. And he killed himself. He goes, and then he knew a guy from high school who was going to be a lawyer, got married. She divorced him, took everything from him. And he ended up working at a gas station. And to this day, he's still working at that gas station, trying his best. He goes, why does Anthony Bourdain kill himself? And this guy working at a gas station that lost everything, not in part in, in its value, it's self value. Some of these people look for external things to gain value. They look for, if I could do this, if I could have more money, if I could have more fame, if I could 
travel more, do that. And that's not the goal. The goal is to figure out what makes you tick, what makes you come alive, and then go after that with everything you got. Because I can guarantee you, even if you fail, I'm not a professional wrestler. I didn't make it. I moved, I, I packed all my stuff up. I moved to Atlanta. I was homeless, living in Atlanta, trying to get them enough money together to go to a wrestling school. It didn't work out. The guy told me, hey, man, go home, try to get some money together. And when you're ready, come back. I never went back. I was so hurt. I was broken inside. But I learned, I grew from it. But the fact is, I, I went after it. And a lot of people told me, they go, listen, what you need to walk away with is you went after it. And most people don't even do that. Most people have dreams that they never pursue. Most people, most people have ideas that they never ever get off the get off the ground, you know. Um, and that 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 was a big thing that stuck with me is like it doesn't matter if you succeed; it matters did you do? Because doing you you'll find success. If you never do, you'll never have success. I know some, you know, it was one of the things I got taught as a writer. They're like, you know what? The fact is, there are. There are thousands of amazing, extremely talented, gifted writers out there that have never written a story. And if you never write a story, you're not a writer. You know, they're like, you got to write to be good. You got to do to be good. You know, you, if you want to be Indiana Jones, you got to go travel. You got to become a teacher. You know, like you, you can't do that stuff without it. And so, you know, and I, I know I'm rambling a little bit, but I say no, that, no, no, you're good. you know, this is, this, that's what I'm passionate about. Like the fact is like, yeah, faith is important. I'm I'm a Christian. Faith is really important to me. But something that like that that's really important. A story that sticks with me a lot is like in in the Bible is that story about the the people, um, the the men of with talents. And this master goes to these people. If you don't if you know the story because you read the Bible, sorry. But if you don't know the story, there's this master goes to his servants and he goes, "Hey, I'm going to give you this money, and I got to go travel. I got to leave, but I'm going to give you this." And he gave one man twelve, um. Like it's basically a currency, and he gave one man twelve, he gave another man six, he gave one man two, and he gave another guy one. And he left, and he came back from his trip, and the guy that had twelve doubled his. He said, "I went out and I bought and sold, and I doubled what I had." And the guy with six did the same thing, and the guy with two did the same thing. He went to the guy with one, and he said, "Hey, where's the money I gave you?" And he said, "Oh, I I feared you were a cruel master, so I buried it and hid it." And he goes, "You you wicked like evil servant like." Now, you know, you didn't do what you, you didn't appreciate what you were given. So I'm going to take from you what you had and I'm going to give it to the guy that has the most. And a lot of people think that that story is like a fear story. You better do with what you got. No, the story is about you don't have to fear that pursuing something or trying something and failing is like you, the goal is not to just succeed. You want to succeed. Yes. But the fear should not be I'm going to fail. The fear should be did I even try? Because even if you go out and you don't make it, at least you tried. And the effort that you put into that, that's the thing that works. That's the thing that adds value to your life. That's the thing that people will look at and go, wow, that's awesome. I would never would have done that. It's like, well, guess what? You should. The world would be a better place. The world does. The world benefits nothing from you playing small. And, and so me stepping out with, you know, me and Josiah got a bunch of projects behind the scenes we've been working on. You know, I, I've got like four scripts that I've been working on myself for my stuff, personal stories that I've been working on and stuff like that. You know, I went out, I learned how to write scripts. I learned how to be good at that. I read about storytelling because that was what I'm passionate about, you know, and then even with like um, Geeks and Gamers, I just went to Jeremy, said, hey man, 
I don't know what I got to offer, but like, I'd love to be on a gaming stream. And then people were like, dude, we really like your personality. And you know what? If I wouldn't have reached out to Jeremy because I was like, ah, I'm a nobody or I got nothing or whatever, like, I wouldn't be here talking to you. You know, like, I, I'm not special. Something Jeremy didn't go, wow, man, I don't know what it is about you. I just see something. You got to be on the channel. I reached out to him and talked to him. And then I'm, I'm here now. And that's, you know, you know, it's how it's how you get to where you get. Um, so, yeah, man, that's that's the thing. And I'm going to say all that and summarize it. This is like my favorite quote. And I'm sure you've heard it before, Jay. But it's a really important quote. And this is this is to me. This is my mantra. This is how I live my life. And or trying to live my life because I'm not perfect. I don't got it figured out. But this is what I but this is what I strive for. Um, our greatest, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest mm -hmm. fear that we are powerful beyond measure. Mm -hmm. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightening about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. And that's what Jeremy did with Geeks and Gamers. He just stepped out. He just stopped playing small. That's what you did. You didn't go, I'm going to sell these shirts and it's going to start a movement. You said, I, I got to do something. And you did something. You you know, you, you could have just been like, oh, that idea is silly. Why, why am I even doing this? Why am I trying to sell these shirts? No, you didn't. You just said, no, I'm, I got to do something. I can't sit here and do nothing. Me doing nothing doesn't lend anything to that girl that died. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, the, you know, it's like me doing nothing doesn't inspire the next the next generation. If we sit there and let people that are morally bankrupt and creatively bankrupt teach our children that the only value you get is who you're sleeping with or what clothes you wear or how you identify yourself, then those kids will grow up and the suicide rates will continue to skyrocket in the world. And the 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 creativity will continue to fall apart and we'll continue to watch the garden of like beauty in art that is supposed to be art shrivel and die instead of telling kids around us guess what i can do it you can do it just do just step out it is not about who you what you look like it's about what's inside of you that's what people need if you're a great mechanic go be the best mechanic you can be you don't need to be an actor be a mechanic if you're the best janitor go be the best janitor in the world some of the coolest best people i know are janitors and mechanics and work behind the scenes they're some of the smartest people i've ever met you know, yeah, there are some really smart people that are out there in the limelight that do work that we know of, but there are a lot of really great people also behind the scenes. And guess what? Without those people, you don't have the world that you have. Like people that are good at being a mechanic, that's how you get A to B. People that are, you know, scientifically gifted. If you don't invent the next thing that gets us where we need to be as a, a species, like we don't grow as a people, you know? So forgive me for ranting like that, but that's no, not a rant, it's the truth. Yeah, it's just it's just the world around us, man. I, I know from experience what it was like to feel worthless and to literally be actually like monetarily worthless. But guess what? I wouldn't trade that experience for the world 
because I still I have a great relationship with my mother because she worked hard and she did the best that she could. So now she gets to watch her son do his his thing. She gets to watch me do my best thing. She told me, like, just do it. If you want to be a wrestler, go do it. If you don't want to be a wrestler, don't. Do something else. I told her, I was like, I want to be a writer now. Like, wrestling didn't work out for me. A little too old for it now, and I also don't want my brain to turn to mush. So now I'm writing stories. But guess what? If I ever got the opportunity, if I ever get big enough to be in the WWE or do something for them or do something with them, I'd happily do it because it's still awesome. You know what I mean? But I can't, I'll never get a chance if I don't step out. So, yeah, man. I, I, the one thing that I heard years ago that just changed my thinking was this guy comes on stage and he's like, he's all excited and he's clapping. He's like, man, you want to know? He goes, I got, I got something to tell you. The one place in the world, there's one place in the world that has the cure for cancer that has the best movies, that has the best books, that has the best art, that are the best teachers, that are the best create, the people that are going to invent something that will change the entire world. I know there's one place, and you want to know where that is? And people were like saying, oh, college, this and that. He's like, the graveyard. Because people never took a chance on their dreams. Yeah. And the world suffered for it. Yeah. And, uh, And then like the whole room was like, it they just saw the arrow. stuck with yeah. me, man. Like I heard that it's like, like just like what you said. It's, it just stuck with me. Yeah. It's, it's I, I don't believe that we wake up with these passions for, for whatever reason. You know, I, I believe it's there to, to pursue it. Uh, it just, it takes discipline, and you know, and and really putting yourself out there and not. A lot of times people have dreams and they want other people to do it for them. Yeah. It's like, and then when they, they don't get the help that they want, they can, they see themselves as a failure. It's like, you've got to learn to do it, go through it yourself, man. Like you got to learn to go try. And I always believe with everything in me, you keep working hard. The right people will come in your corner and will encourage you and promote you. Yep. And want to shout you out and believe in what you're doing and that's the circle that you make and and you keep it you you find those people because there's always going to be the dream stillers the people that will come to you and be like that's dumb uh what are you thinking you're not you're not smart enough you're not good enough you're not talented enough you're not you're too old you're too young you're, you you whatever and they tell you a lie dead to your face that you're not good enough for that Yep. And then we believe that lie. So yeah. our whole life, we believe a lie that someone told us, uh, you know, that we're not good enough for whatever reason. Too old, too young, too ugly, too this, too that, too whatever. So we believe a lie and yeah. uh, we live that lie for years of our life when yeah. it wasn't a lie. <laughs> you just chose to believe a lie and make it truth in your own reality. And you got to get away from those people. And you just got to get away from those people. They they they'll snatch the dreams and and listen. Yeah, you know you got to do things smart too. Like sometimes people have to work full time job and work on their passion on the weekend and whatever it is. And, uh, it's it's just you got to if you really want it, you'll find a way to get it done. A hundred percent, man. No, I mean, I'll, yeah. Up till recently, I was working a full time job trying to make this work. 
you know, I mean, and, and I know a lot of people that were, and I know a lot of people that, that do work and try to do stuff behind the scenes or work when they can. And, you know, there's just never an excuse not to, I mean, you know, I don't know if you ever, um, read the book, the, the war of art, the art of war. No, the war it's called the war of art. It's, uh, it's a book by, uh, I don't remember his name off the top of my head now. Yeah, the Art of War is the Sun Tzu book. They don't, no, yeah. no, I wouldn't suggest. No, it's called the Art of War. It's called it's by, it's by Stephen Pressfield. He wrote uh, the Legend of Bagger Vance and stuff. It, it's okay, okay. Yeah, it's called the War of Art. It break through the blocks and win your inner creative battles. It sounds like a self help book. It kind of is, but one of my favorite things about it is he says one of the first things he talks about in the book is that like our biggest enemy is not like it's not outside circumstances. All of that. It's resistance he gave he basically gave a name to the difficulty that people experience with creating he just calls it resistance anytime you go to write something and you're struggling to write you're running into resistance anytime you wake up in the morning you feel too tired to go to the gym resistance anytime you run into something that prevents you or is preventing you or telling you that you can't do what you want to do or accomplish what you want to accomplish you, it's resistance. You put a name to the the dragon that we all ex, that we all face, and it's. I've always told this to people: if you can name the dragon in your life that's preventing you from getting where you need to, that means you can you can slay it. You know, it's there's a it's, it's an old D and D adage. It's a joke, but like for people that play D and D and stuff, it's a joke. It says if we have stat, if it has stats, we can kill it. Like because you can't fight something that you don't understand. You can't fight a ghost with your fists. Blah blah blah. You know, but if if it has stats, you can kill it. If it has a name, there's a way to defeat it. There's a way to overcome it. And sometimes it's just as simple as telling somebody just to go do it. Sometimes you do need help. You know, <laughs> it's true though. That, you know, I mean, life is not, that's when people say, when people say life is not easy, what they should be saying to you is there is always going to be resistance and the goal and how you succeed in life is to push through that resistance in any way that you can. That that gives you the victories that you need. You know, I mean, dude, it's it's crazy to me. To it, it seems so small to some people. I know you you know you're like, oh man, don't you know stuff. But like, it's a big deal to me to be here right now, because I could just not. I could be sitting on my couch going, man, what am I going to do something with my life? But I'm not. I get to I get to talk to you. I get to talk to somebody who like is accomplishing their dreams and has traveled the world and has actually helped people and, and made a difference in whether it feels like enough or not. You've done more. If you even if you traveled to one country and did one thing, or even if you just did your shirts, if, if you had done any one thing that you've accomplished in your life. It was more than most people have in their lives. You know, you're you're in the 1% of people that haven't. So, like, that's why I'm humbled. It's not, I, I'm not, I like, I, I, I could care less if you had 10 subs or a million subs or 10 million subs. I know that'd be nice, but the fact is, like, dude, when you were like, hey, man, I want you on the podcast. And what meant to me is, like, Jay's somebody that has accomplished something in his life. And I get to be part of that. He wants me to talk to him. He wants he wants to have a conversation with me in front of other people. And I get to, I get to like glean knowledge from you and get to hear some of your life experiences and, and get to be asked questions about things that I've maybe never thought about. You know, I mean, it, it adds value to my life, you know, not because 
I'm not because I'm not here to gain subscribers. I'm just here to have a conversation, you know. But I mean, if 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 one person is inspired by this conversation, like I feel like I've done something, you know. So I don't know, man. It just it just means a lot to me to be here. That's why it's humbling because I don't deserve it, but here I am. Yeah, what do we all deserve anyway? I deserve a big yeah. freaking pizza. <laughs> With everything on it, but I'm on this stinking diet because yeah. I, I gotta sit next to Gina Carano at the Comic Con, and there's gonna be cameras everywhere. And so, you know, last thing I want is like, you know, big plumpy man next to uh -huh. uh, a UFC fighter. Uh, Jay makes me want to be a better human, Strava. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, That's it's true though. Be better than me. Um, be better than me. But, but hey, uh, you can't be better than you if you're if you weren't if you're not something to strive towards. You know, like you help people. I mean, if you go, hey, man, look what I've accomplished. Be better than me. If somebody gets better than you, then it means that like they they're growing. Like, I mean, you know, that that means that you have like you're you're giving people a level to strive towards, man. Like, you know, if it was just about meeting Gina Carano, but that's not what it was about. You know, I mean, that's that's like the benefit of your hard work that you put into it, you know, so. Well, when you, when you have hard work, sometimes luck plays a nice you know, yeah. you just fall, you fall into it. Like you're right. Gina would never have contacted me if I wasn't, you know, we weren't talking about her and trying to defend her and, and yeah. all that stuff. So it's just kind of, it just kind of happened. Yeah. And then when and, she met me in real life, she's like, Oh, he's not such a jerk anyway. He's actually kind of fun to be around. So. That's really funny. <laughs> well, that's the thing too, though. What, what is it? Luck is uh preparation plus. Yeah. Something yeah. Else. Yeah, I know. I know what you're going to say. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if you if you never do it, you'll never you won't be ready, you know, like, yeah. But no, I feel the same way about the diet, by the way. I am miserable. Um, I just I had a I had a cheat day yesterday because I couldn't handle it. And I ate some mac and cheese. But like right now, I'm miserable because I'm like, I got to go to this meetup in October. And I got a lot of weight to lose. And I don't want Ripper to make fun of me for being fat. So I'm trying to. <laughs> uh, posted yeah. the same thing man like i saw you know like <laughs> when you're when you go to these meetups everybody takes the worst picture that they can of you, <laughs> you know and it's like the word like we we're on camera so like we know our we, we know our best angle yeah you know that uh -huh. makes us and, and then it's like when you're at the uh at the meetups and everyone's taking and you're just like good god man my double chin looks like it's got 10 you know it's like this. It's like just take a picture of all the gray hair on my beard and the chub, you know. Like, and then they're like, "I got a picture with Jay. Look," and you're just like, "Dear God, yeah, what have you done?" So, yeah. yep. it's well, uh, you know, you just want to be as best prepared as possible. And I know at that convention, it's like it's just. She's already told me. She's like, "Hey, just get just just a fair warning. There's gonna be a lot of cameras." I'm like, "What are you trying to say, Gina?" Like. What are you trying to say? <laughs> yeah, what are you, just, just, just say it to me. Yeah, I, I just I, want I, you to know, like, if you're, sh I was like, do I look camera shy? No, nah, it's just like, uh, you know, I don't even look like State Puff Marshmallow Man walking, you know, walking but around also, everyone's taking a picture. It speaks to you that she's trying to let you know, like, hey, you're about to enter into another level of stuff, you know? I mean, so it is cool. I'm going to be honest, too. It is still the coolest thing in the world to me because, like, I've been a fan of Gina since, like, back when she was uh well she was on a show called two human she played a cyborg on there and i was a fan of her back then i was like i don't know who this lady is but i'm a fan already so when you were like oh i'm just 
talking to Gina Carano. She was actually my number one casting when they were talking about casting uh, Wonder Woman. I was like, don't cast Gal Gadot, cast Gina Carano. And nobody was like, who's that? I'm like, what are you talking about? You don't know who Gina Carano is. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I just think that that's really cool. You're going to be hanging out with her. So yeah. I've hung out with her before. Yo, I, I know because I've, I've had right. to see the clips when I come into your live streams. <laughs> You'd be like, hey, Mike, how you doing? Check this out. You know, just She's right. with careless whisper playing in the background. I'm like, oh. There's another live stream. We'll talk Gina stories, but like she just finds it funny. She just finds it funny. Like we went out the first time we went out to dinner in Vegas. She's like, no, it's my tree. Blah, blah. I was like, okay, I'm not going to like, I never fight people on that. When they go, I'm going to take care of the bill. J. I'm not one of those guys. That are like, no, you shouldn't do that. If you say it once, <laughs> it's all yours, buddy. Yep. I, I've lived the life. Like it's fine. I'm not going to be that guy where it's like, where I'm going to be like, uh, no, you shouldn't. Don't do that. I'll take care of it. No, I don't do that. If yep. you're like dinner's on me, it's all yours. Yep. It's all yours. Uh, so the next time I was like, all right, I'm I'm buying I'm a gentleman, okay? I'm buying dinner, all right? So she comes out to Orlando and like uh we uh <laughs> go out to dinner and she picks a place, of course, I've never been before in my life. And the waiter comes and I'm nervous drinking, you know, water. <laughs> and so I get the menu and I open it up and I'm like, there's no price on the menu and i'm like ah. i'm like excuse me excuse me sir and she's starting to laugh she's already laughing and i'm like can you tell me what all this stuff costs because that's going to determine what i order or not and she just thought it was the funniest thing and i'm like listen gina carano movie star whatever you want to call yourself i was like some of us live in a real world <laughs> where i need to know what it costs before i order it I don't even know what this water costs. It could be expensive. Like, I don't know what's going on here. I need to know. And she finally was, she looks up to the way she's like, just get him whatever he wants. And the, then, the, <laughs> then the chef realizes who she is. He's got to come out and get a picture. You know, I'm like, yeah. thanks for ruining my romantic evening. <laughs> whatever. And <laughs> he's like, I'm going to make something special for you both. That uh, That's not on the menu. And I'm like, all right, cool. Then maybe he's not going to charge me because I, my mind, I'm like, I'm paying. I checked my credit card limit. I know it's going to be big, but I'm, I got to handle business. Yeah. So he brings this thing out. It's, it looks like freaking dinosaur uh, steak for two, you know, <laughs> with a bunch of uh, and some champagne and all this stuff. And I'm like, and my mind, he's like, it's not on the menu. I'm making it special for you. My mom, listen, when someone does that for me, my thought process is, hey, man, I, I got you. I'm making something huh? for you. Come have a meal, like, like kick your feet up. I didn't know he was charging us for that. Okay. Ooh. So, you know, so I'm like living it up. I'm like, all right, we got a free meal. We played the uh, celebrity card. Everything's great. You know, the champagne is here. We're having a good, I even went live. If people remember that. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and I did had to delete it because people were like, Jay and Gina had too much to drink. I'm like, sorry that we're adults. Okay. <laughs> Gee, forgive me that I'm an adult. All right. Everyone's like, wow, Gina and Jay are drinking at dinner. Oh, wow. Sorry. I'm an adult. My bad. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so the bill comes and, you know, it comes in like this nice, you know, the fold up thing. And, uh, 
I was like, all right, I got, I said, I got it. I got it. Stop, stop. And I'm like, I'm a man. Okay. <laughs> I hope I cracked that sucker open. I was like, good God, man. And I just set it on the table and she's laughing. She's freaking laughing. And I'm just like, do you know what this thing cost? Like all of this, like what kind of champagne did you open Gina? I can buy yeah. a car like with the amount of money I'm about to spend. She just, she looks up and she's like, um, just charge it to the room, please. And don't listen to him. He's had too much to drink. I was like, what? I've had too much to drink? you got to be kidding me. Oh, man. Wow. And I was at that point, I was like, eh, I'm not going to argue. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you charge it to the room, wow. That's funny, like, man. And then, you know, once she did that, I was like, uh, y'all want to get dessert? Because I ain't paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's Dude, funny man some dessert so oh man yeah we got dessert uh that's really yeah. funny that's hilarious though. i mean it I, is what it is man yeah well no i, I never lived that life you know so it's like i don't understand how these people live like that yeah I, you get menus with no price they just order whatever they want and the chef comes out <laughs> so it's like no i can't even imagine i'll make something for you that's not on the menu but we'll still charge you a thousand bucks for it. <laughs> yeah, like wait, what? What what do you mean? Oh my gosh. Oh no. man. Anyway, this, this is... has been an awesome conversation, Mike. I definitely gotta have you back. We gotta stream some. Yeah, time. man. It was a blast. And everyone in the time. chat, like uh I wanna I first of all, I, I wanna thank everyone in the chat because some of your comments I couldn't highlight them all, especially when we were talking about creativity and yeah, our lives and stuff were just amazing comments man like uh uh just i see some of y'all are going through things and stuff like that so like we're all in this thing together you know we're all in this thing yeah, together man. a lot of this is bigger than pop culture yeah so i appreciate you and i appreciate mike for being on and all you guys and whatever is live now just you can head over that yes this and this is it right here absolutely correct yeah um lulu so the rebellion family we don't like it, so we're going to create our own, you know, like we're going to do our own thing. Mike's writing scripts, we're doing books, and we're just hanging out and, and just doing it. Seeing everyone saying, thank you. Uh, this person was like, first time catching 3PO Live. Oh, you should see us Saturday, man. We have, we have a blast. Yeah. So, um, and everybody else in here. Thank you all for being here. Mike, I need you to hold on just for a second. And yeah. um, we're going to have a little extra conversation. That'll just be for my members and Patreon. God bless you guys. Thank you all for being here. We'll catch you on the next podcast, which, which could be really soon. So check out Mike. His Twitch channel's in the description. Y'all have a blessed one. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. We hope you were inspired today. To hear more of the conversation, check out our Patreon or become a member of the channel. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate it. We'll catch you in the next episode. And welcome to the Rebellion.